Boom. What up? What up? What up, y'all? What up, y'all? My bad. I'm speeding and driving. So I'm trying to send out this link and everything while I'm motherfucking in the middle of rush hour traffic. I'm, I'm tripping, right? If I flip this motherfucker, y'all got front row seats to my parlor. My paralyzation. <clears throat> so I just threw up a, a show name. I ain't got time to throw up a, um, a thumbnail because I'm moving. You feel me? Um, but I said, yo, we ain't even hit the button today. Right? Um, so let me do it now. While I'm on my way back to the barbershop, I guess I can put on my uh my headphones and um rap to y'all in my Uh, um, um, just hit me up. He got a show planned for the night at eight o'clock. <laughs> and I just sent him the link. He like, man, we going live at eight o'clock tonight. You know what I mean? I'm like, nigga, I'm already live. The hell? <laughs> I'm already live. You know what I mean? But definitely. So turn in the night, y'all. Show tonight at eight o'clock. Um Unc Kent Anthony. Unc Kent Anthony and um I think Corey is presenting something tonight. Uh, they gonna end this Dogon madness. Um, put the final nail in the coffin. I can't wait. Um, cause they've been sitting on this for a minute. We just been sitting back laughing, you know, watching them talk about the methodology and the um. You know, motherfuckers don't read nothing. And, you know, all of the little goofy shit they were saying. And we just sitting back like, man, either y'all trying to trick us or y'all trying to trick these audiences. But the shit ain't working with us. You could even be saying two things, right? So we narrowed it down. We've been had. We just, you know, been um, contemplating whether to pull a uh, trigger or not. So, 
Come on, yo. Why would you decide to turn right now? It's fucking crazy. Fuck I bowls to do, duh. Um, so, uh, let me see. This man is geeking. Um, yeah, so that's, that's basically what we've been doing, you know, watching them, you know, make all kind of excuses, let them throw what CK call ad hominems around the whole time, so. But anyway, what y'all think about that conversation we had yesterday before it got out of hand? Um, you know, um, with uh, American Dream, you know, I, I think some stuff came out that was, um, man, yo, that. What the hell? Um, my bad, y'all. Um, so yeah, what y'all think about it? You know what I mean? The show we had yesterday with American Dream, um, Haskell, uh, Six Finger, um, my man Cedric. You know, they they had a real uh deep Caribbean um conversation, right? And there was some stuff I seen in that. That, that seemed like it was the underlying issue. You know, like I see Jamaicans and Caribbeans as African-Americans because of how I grew up. You know, I, I don't see the difference. Or yeah, I know it's a difference in, uh, in culture, but you know, we came over on the same slave ships for the most part. You know what I mean? From the same places. You know, so it's just the flavor is a little bit different. You know what I mean? Just like the flavor all over the United States is different. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I don't have no problem with with uh, Caribbean people making their distinctions from uh, uh, U.S. Blacks. You know what I mean? Because there is some flavor difference. You know, what I mean, some uniqueness and you know how we how we interacted with our um, slave masters. You dig what I'm saying? Um, and the unique cultures that was born out of those interactions or and those circumstances. So, you know, but for the most part, I see um, Caribbeans as African Americans. You know, what I mean, once they come over here, you know. Once they have kids, their kids drop the accent. Is no difference. You feel? It's <laughs> no difference. Um, so, uh, but when they first come over here, the first generation is the accent is what separate them from um, the rest of African Americans. But once they able to, you know, uh, pick up on the accent and drop their Caribbean accent, 
they just African-Americans at the end of the day. They're going to go through all of the same pressures that an African-American go through. Phenotypically, there's no difference. You feel me? Um, and America is uh, driven off a of phenotype for the most part when, when, you know, racial discrimination and anything else is, is phenotypic driven. Cedric, what's up, bro? I'm good. I'm good, Chef. Just listening to your bill. Yeah, that's, yeah, everything you said there was, was factually uh, correct. And you don't even need to leave the Caribbean to drop the accent. Two of my kids go to a, a private American school. And if you listen to these two kids, <laughs> they don't sound <laughs> like they're from St. Martin. They don't sound like my children. Right. I, I tease them all the time. I'll be like, yeah, I sound like some Yankees. And all. Y'all, you're from right to math. No, you sound like Yankees. So it's, 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 yeah. Once that accent goes, you know, typically and, 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 um, um, so socially, there, there's little distinction between the Caribbean and the African uh, American. We, we all come from the same circumstances. I think the major distinction. What you see on most Caribbean islands is that, um, uh, contrary to the United States, our colonial masters left. So most of these islands are governed by people that look like me, that 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 army. Granted, the rule of law is still one that is one that was imposed. It's European laws uh, 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 for a great part, but it is not that we have a white ruling class or that we got white cops. You know, it, it, it's more colonial time ended and these Europeans got the hell up out of here and they left us to our own devices. So that's the major distinction. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. That's why, that's why in terms of like Jim Crow and, and, and racial discrimination and stuff like that, it's much less prevalent uh, much less in your face as an individual than than um, than in the U.S. What we got here is more uh, more state control, like like uh, measures imposed by the Netherlands and 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 a bunch of regulations and hoops that we got to jump through as an independent, semi-independent country. But we have a relationship with the Netherlands. So if you look at it from a from a political point of view, there are some some um, 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 colonial mindsets that the Europeans have that we are dealing with. But on a day-to-day -day basis, we are not confronted with the same sort of discrimination because our 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 slave masters, the, the colonial leaders, they got the hell up out of here. They they gone. The king he comes here every six or seven years. Like it, we do our own thing. So. So the discrimination factor is much less on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much that's, the only difference. But we will experience the same hardships, the same realities uh, anywhere we we go as as black people. Like that's no distinction. Daddy, do you want something else? Yes, you can, pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't make babies when you're old. <laughs> I got a 26-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter and everything in between. You can... <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I want to 
Dang, you hey. starting over. <laughs> yeah, I've been busy. <laughs> yeah, ain't, not, ain't nothing wrong with that. Hell no. I'm a proud. I'm, I'm proud of my babies. I, I put in that work. They, they're doing good. They're, they're all doing good. I don't have any headaches. So I'm proud of my babies. But yeah, I'm, 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 I'm babysitting a four-year-old. She wants to watch mermaids. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you know, the conversation yesterday was good because, you know, we got we got to see, you know, the Caribbean perspective, right? Um, yeah. Especially from the standpoint of, you know, second generation um, Caribbean Americans, right? Yeah. That, that, yeah. that live in the U.S. Like, you know, your your parents are your first teachers. So, whatever your whatever your parents and them taught you, is going to be in your mind. But then, yeah. the actual fact of living amongst the people also going to weigh on you. So, for me, yeah, yeah. Caribbean American, second generation Caribbean Americans, right? They got to weigh both sides. So it's a little bit, you know. Yes. From yes. Them. And and they walk, they walk a tightrope. I have a lot exactly. of relatives, like second generation uh, uh, Caribbeans that live in, in, in D.C., live in New York, Miami. But we got a lot of family in the U.S. And they walk a fine line because they're still Caribbean in the U.S., but they're not necessarily Caribbean when they come down this side. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like they, they, like they almost don't fit in anywhere. So they always walk in a fine line, but I experienced that with, with um, Europeans, for example, uh, uh, the school teachers that, that come from Holland, for example, to, to educate us and, and make their home here. Some of them, their kids are born here, but they're, they're Caucasian by ethnicity or even by name, but they're Caribbean by culture. So now these kids grow up here, they go to European schools like we all do, and now, Dutch kids, Dutch-looking kids, kids with a Dutch name, but a Caribbean frame of reference, a Caribbean state of mind. They go back to Europe, and they, they are seen as white, but they're not Dutch. Like, they, they, they have a hard time. Uh, um, it, culturally, it's confusing for the European when they watch the white Caribbean. They're like, huh? Yeah, they supposed they, to be they like white us. Rio. They just white. Yeah, they, they white, but they are Caribbean. Like I, my son, I have, I have two, have three kids, like mixed kids. My son, you, if you, on first glance, you would assume that he's Caucasian. You would assume that, but nothing about his, his being is either American or European. That's a Caribbean boy. Everything about him is his swag, his flavor, everything. And I keep telling him, dude, you're going to study in the future and you, you know, you're you going to have issues because a lot of people can consider you white <laughs> and they're going to have conversations around you not knowing your father black. You're going to have to hold it on. <laughs> just, you're going to have to hold it on. You just, hey, you hey, just hey, have to hold it on. Hey, Sandra, that's, that's what Bob Marley was talking about. A lot of people think Bob Marley was talking about white folks when he was talking about bald heads. He was talking about, he was talking about people like, like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
the 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 lighter skin girls all the guys wants the the lighter skin girls and the the darker skin girls complain about that that's changing that's on the change that color is on the away but it's not it's not hardcore racism like like you know what i mean it's it's colorism and it's on the surface uh, for example, there's a there's a there's a DJ on the island. He works for for Shadyville Records, right? Um, Outcast. You watch Outcast, you would call him Caucasian. Now, if you would ever call Outcast Caucasian to his face, you would have issues. He is from Saint Martin. He's Caribbean. Don't call me white. I am not white. Like, like. Yeah, that's like that's, that's like some of the people in uh, Trinidad and Guyana that's that's uh have like uh East Indian ancestry. Like you can't tell yeah. them they're not Caribbean. Like they like yeah a, yeah yeah the Douglas the Douglas and 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 uh, and uh, Hindus from 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 uh, Guyana. You can't tell them they ain't Caribbean people or they're like you can't like no no you from East Indian no I'm not. I found the Caribbean mean nothing to do with those people. They would tell you that. They like <laughs> no. Like, nah, I from Guyana. I from Guyana. I Guyanese. Me you know what you're talking about. I Guyanese. And we have we have both Indians from India on the island and Indians from Guyana on the island. And you can see the difference. You can see the difference in the, the way they carry themselves. It's a cultural difference that makes them distinct. Right? And, and that, that's, that's the nuance here. Yes, there is colorism. But at the same time, there ain't really that way black thing. Like, and it, it, no, like, no. It, it's it's kind of, it's not, it, like I said, the fact that our colonial masters got the hell up out of here, we pretty much uh, I'm in control of everything. Um, there's white, there's black, there, there, there's mixed. There, there, those those color lines are not drawn that that hard. It is not a big deal to see a black guy with a white girl or a white girl, a black guy. They share the same culture. They dance the same music. There's really no difference in the way she sounds and the way he sounds. It, 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 it's that whole color thing disappears because it's a cultural niche. But now we would recognize a black guy with an American girl. And that would stick out one time. Why? She's culturally distinct. Her behavior is going to be different than the white Caribbean girl. The white Caribbean girl is just as black as me. That's a mental thing because the color is not what <laughs> makes her different. It's that culture thing. That one there, she dance so like me. So she white here, but she she want a horse. I don't know if you get the idea. Like, yeah, but that 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 white girl there, she from France, she only like techno music. She don't she don't dance so because she she don't sound like us. She she a white girl. It is very strange, but I understand that culture is what makes that distinction. <laughs> it is the weirdest thing. After the break, is do that same weird stuff. Like uh, a lot of black, a lot of African Americans, uh, 
uh, almost um, embrace will like embrace a white person who grew up in a black neighborhood, whether it'd be like lower income or high uh, income, and they'll call that white person black. So it, it's, it's yeah, it's you see, because strange. when you hear black in that context, what is black? Black is a cultural identity that we share, and not necessarily a, a phenotype. My, like that's what I was explaining with my daughter. She now says she's black. Why? Because she recognizes that she has a different culture from the European. So I'm Caribbean in my ways and my thinking and the music and my food, everything. This is what makes me other. And that other I recognize as black. Not necessarily having to do so much with her skin color, but with a culture yeah, that she identifies with. That's because that's because too. If you look up, like if you look at history, you know what I'm saying. All of like early colonial America, all of Americas was Latin America. Yep. When the British when the British came, it interrupted them. like an Anglo like Anglo uh, Anglophone sort of. Even though even though they was mixing in themselves, they was holding on to their uh, Anglo identity. You know what I'm saying. It kind of affected, kind of affected, the, you know, what I'm saying the system that was going. Even like, even like, if you look at that after the uh, the uh, Louisiana Purchase, you know, what I'm saying uh, everything east of the east of the Mississippi was Latin America. Still, you had your know, French, all that. Your know, French was, you know, the French and Latin. They they still Latin Americans. You know, what I'm saying so. When they came in, they even changed the dynamic of of, of like New Orleans. You know, what I'm saying that <clears throat> before our New Orleans people was Creole. Anglo, you know, Anglo, Anglo-Saxons kind of moved in. It kind of changed the dynamic as Creole being just the mixed people and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's what it means in the context of New Orleans, though, because uh, I got a lot of friends who from there in New Orleans. That's just mixed. That that's like a word for a mixed person or just a light-skinned person. So it's like it, it, you know. But in re- but in retrospect, in the reality, you know, what I'm saying all. See, American culture period is, is, is Creole, you know what I'm saying, due to the original the original Portuguese uh definition. I mean, I I, I mean I'm just saying what the New Orleans people be saying down 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 in New Orleans. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they say that just be light skinned or even mixed. Well, you know what's cool about these conversations? All those racial lines, those hardcore lines that used to exist, um, black power, white supremacy, those lines are starting to fade away with conversations like these. I appreciate that. Like the conversations are much more nuanced than, than straight up, okay, uh, uh, you're different, I'm different. And, and I'm starting to realize culture is what, what, I, what identifies a person first and foremost, their culture. And then maybe their race. <coughs> My opinion. Uh, uh, what's going on, y'all? What are you going? Talk what good? What's going on, man? Uh, I, I think that depends. I said, like, like here. Uh, 
other people I did I, I I don't know. I, I I tend to agree with that though because somebody uh that live around me gonna be more you, know, you said pure. What's what's pure? It's nothing. I said, nothing, I said here. Nothing pure. I, no, I said here. I didn't say pure. Yeah, I didn't say pure. I don't. I don't talk like that. <laughs> he was ready. He was ready. He was ready. Gullah was about to go off, but no. You so I say like yeah, around around here. <clears throat> you can say you can say that though, but. Sometimes other people identify you, and they and they don't know nothing about your culture, like like the cops, like the cops uh, identify you, and they, they ain't gonna have nothing to do with your culture. It's gonna be everything yeah. to do with what you look like. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we were saying that too, like when when Caribbeans, Caribbean, uh, Caribbean uh, people in America, um, once they are phenotyped, then we face the same exact uh, uh, hardships and 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 and. Um, and, and discrimination that, that exists. What I was pointing out though, is that a unique dynamic of the Caribbean is that once slavery was over, most of those col colonial masters got the hell up out of here. They left us to our own devices. So we don't deal with uh, a lot of the upfront hardcore discrimination that, is, um, that, 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 that African-Americans have to deal with. Yeah, that, that, that got to do with the numbers, though. Uh, said that, that that got to do with the the, the strength in numbers, though. Because yeah, that's and that's the and that, and that's like the system too. Like you know, what I'm saying in, in in United States, you know, what I'm saying it's it's the one drop rule based on you know, yeah. what I'm saying the other countries got their own rules and you know, what I'm saying all lot most of them was the caste system. You know, what I'm saying, but yeah, like girl, you said, what and, and 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 it was more feasible here. It was. It was big business. It's more big business here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these, all these identities are, 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 are political identities. Like, like, and even retrospect, like, if you black in the Americas, you African American, no matter where the hell you at, Jamaica, yeah. South America. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? We really, you know what I'm saying? To us, we really, we, we just U.S. U.S. blacks. You know what I'm saying? U.S. Americans and shit. Even like the only reason we call uh, United States America, like. You know, saying locally as a nickname, it's the only, it's the only uh nation in the Americas with the continent name in, in its name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the other countries just is Argentina, uh, Canada. Only the yeah. United States is the United States of America. Yeah. Yeah. So, even yeah. even certain, certain uh South American countries get offended, like they kind of offended when Americans say we Americans, like like. You know, so like South America ain't America too type shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if a, a Canadian says I'm 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 North American, we automatically assume they mean the US when actually yeah. they're North Americans, the north yeah. of the I mean, North American. Mexican 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 that's 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 America that's that's Americana, you know what I'm saying? Even in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexico is a, you're in America. You're in the Americas. Yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Even if even if even if you look up the the earth, like if you look up right now, even on Wikipedia, and you look up African American history, the first place is gonna take you to Santo Santo Domingo, the Dominican Republic. Yeah. That's the I was I was explaining that yesterday. Las Americas is the airport type the name of the airport 
in uh, Hispaniola, in, in uh, the Dominican Republic. The oldest hospital in the Western Hemisphere is in the Dominican Republic. The oldest church and the oldest university, all in the Dominican Republic. Like yeah. the Europeans were 200 years already in the in the Caribbean before they, they, they really started engaging in major slave trade. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of people too. You got to look at uh, a lot of people like you know, say a lot of you know, no, I know we know, but a lot of people like layman people don't understand. They just look at as Europeans is all the same and shit. You got different waves of different cultures and different kingdoms coming in. You know what I'm saying? Like when the, you had the, the Spanish and Portuguese regime, and then a little bit after that, you had the Dutch and the French coming in. And then the, the English was fucking last. Like they're the last people. Like. Shit, shit, even before, even like doing like what the 13 years wars and all that shit that they fantasize about on the pirates of the Caribbeans and shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all them different pirates and buccaneers was shit with fucking, uh, you know, mercenaries for like the English, the English, like Queen Elizabeth, she couldn't afford, like they couldn't even afford a navy when the Spanish was ruling and shit. So they had to hire like motherfucking pirates and shit. You know what I'm yeah, saying? The Francis Drake uh, It was a lot of shit going on. You know what I'm saying? In between, you know what I'm saying? Willing and dealing and shit. Even the um, the dollar sign. The dollar sign is the fucking, the S on the dollar sign it represents the Spanish seal. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree with that totally. About the slave, um, before the English came, before the English, like in Jamaica and in a lot of Caribbean countries, those were occupied by the French and the Spanish before the English came and dominated the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the first, the first, the first English governor of Jamaica was a pirate, Captain right. Morgan. Sir, yeah. sir, refer to the man as his property. He is Sir Henry Morgan. <laughs> he was he was buried in Port Royal, Sir Henry Morgan, Captain yeah, Morgan. He was, he, was a, he was a pirate. He was a pirate before he settled down and became yeah. a governor. Listen, he got But this, this is what I was saying. Is that the, English, the English introduced slavery to the new world as we know it coming yes, forward. Sir. Yes, the English sir. was the one who introduced slavery in the Caribbean with that level of brutality. And in the yes, Americas sir. with that level of brutality. You said, English, you, said the English, you said the English brought slavery first? No, the English brought the level of slavery as you know it now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They brought yeah. The slavery that was in Cuba, a Spanish colony. The Spanish slavery is different than the Portuguese slavery and the English slavery. Oh, yeah, slavery yeah. Slavery is right. all around, you know, but if you look at the mass, the mass influx of slaves only occurs in, Spanish, in English and Portuguese territories. Sp Spain never had that level of slavery. Never had that level of slavery. Never, because what, what, what England realized is that slavery was making them very rich. If you go and look at look for before and after pictures of English cities like Liverpool before slavery and after slavery, you realize how much of an economic impact it had. So they love the money. It was because they was robbing. They was robbing the Spanish and shit. They was robbing the Spanish with gold and all that shit, all that the treasures and all that shit. Them pirate stories. You know what I'm saying? They was calling shit. The English was even calling up. Uh, uh, motherfucking the Spanish pirates, even though they was a legit kingdom and shit. If, if you look up the history, of, they call they call it the legend. Look, you look Let me at the tell Spanish you how far it goes. 
We got schools in Curacao named after pirates, Peter Syversam and Pete Hang, these Dutch pirates. We were taught that these were heroes, because again, we get colonial history. So I got a lot of European history. I got a lot of South American history because of the conquistadors and stuff like that. So a lot of European history. Look, we were, we were taught that these pirates, I mean, Come of the earth, right? Crooks, robbers, and thieves were heroes to the point that we got schools named name after these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like just like just, just, just like the Confederate Confederate heroes here in the United States. United States. Yeah, oh, when you think about it, right, these people got some audacity, right? The Europeans teach us that Pete Hain and these fellas were heroes to the point that we got schools named after crooks. <laughs> wow, that's wild. I tell you, this shit crazy, especially the Dutch. I mean, the Dutch are the most arrogant of the bunch. And these guys gone South Africa and decide that their Dutch language is Afrikaans. Oh, yeah. All the languages spoken on the continent, only the European language is considered African. Look, that is audacity beyond any measure that you can think of. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's why. Like, uh, what was the elephant in the room? What, what chef? What chef talking about? Hey, boy, talk more. All right, want that money, boy? You want who want that money? Want that thousand dollars, homie? You owe me, homie. What you win? What you say? <laughs> I'm, I'm playing with you. <laughs> You probably fake it, I know. <laughs> hey, Stoopy. Yes, yes, I'm here. Um, I was talking to the Jamaican guy um yesterday and um uh, in, in the courthouse. Uh I'm, I'm about to sue the sue this officer or whatever, but that's neither here nor there. And he had this um Puerto Rican girl helping him out, right? So I was telling him, yo, I got pulled over and um, I got the wrong body camera from the wrong officer and the guy that I wanted for it, he's Puerto Rican. The other, the other guy was uh, was a black guy. Uh, I said, I didn't want his because, make a long story short, I, I was trying to get, so he he caught me off. He said, oh, why are you making a racial thing? I said, I'm not, I'm explaining you. They give me the wrong uh, uh, body cam. Uh, of the officer. Then he went into his, his die tribe and shit like that. And um and he and he said, don't you know he said I, I'm it doesn't matter about color because I am Hispanic. I'm from Jamaica. But he's black like me and you. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, how are you Hispanic? <laughs> no, he's no, saying no, he's more niggas in Spanish country than Hey, bro. No, no, he, I guess he was trying to show off from the girl. I was like, you know what? If I asked any Jamaican, they would never say they're Hispanic. You're the only one. He said, oh, they didn't know. You don't, they don't know no better because in our, in our country, we got some Hispanic names uh, um, in their cities, certain, certain towns, certain whatever you're naming them. I said, so that make you uh, Hispanic? Say yeah, I'm a, I'm a Hispanic. <laughs> I said, I'm going to ask another Jamaican. I, all right. I you guys call yourself Hispanic? No, no, no. I just Listen. said earlier. 
No, let this me tell you. This Hispanic title is the most pseudo thing that exists. My title, my last name is Ortega, right? I Ortega. speak fluent Spanish, but I'm a black man. In Puerto Rico, no, I'm, I'm in Jamaica, Jamaica, I'm not talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. in Jamaica. Let me tell you what happened. 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 Let me tell you have places in Jamaica like Dela Vega City, Spanish Town, with Spanish sounding names. But they are not Spanish because remember, the influx of African slaves happened after, after. Colonized, colonized Jamaica. It wasn't during the Spanish occupation. What he does not understand and what he's trying to do is that He's not welcome in a Hispanic home and he wants to feel comfortable. Oh, we as a people, and I said this yesterday, my grandmother refused to accept her Africanness. We as a people, we as a people, if you ask a lot of us if our roots are African, we tend to side with the Europeans. Yes. Because we still of the have it. Favor. Because we still have it. The first there are people here that will refuse to identify as an African two-piece. And thanks to the conscious community, because I was one of those people about 10 years ago, would I deny anything African about me? Oh, African people, what crazy me? Like, right. ignorant to history. No, ignorant, no, right. completely let ignorant. Me, let me tell you a story. I, years ago, 19, 1968, the first black girl in Jamaica, was hired by Barclays Bank. And we're talking about a dark-skinned black girl. And the bank is on King Street at the time. There's no Barclays in Jamaica anymore. But this girl gathered a crowd because people in their lifetime never expected to see a dark-skinned girl working at Barclays Bank. Prior to that, it was either white people or high-brown, red-bone, mixed people who worked at certain jobs. Certain jobs, like we have a saying, if you're, if, if you're white, you're all right. If you're brown, stick around. But if you're black, go to the back. It's in the 70s and 80s, you started having black people in prominent positions. So people used to feel that the lighter your complexion, the better a person you are. It's, it's, it's the colonizer's brainwashing. We're light-skinned people. In America, you had it. You had the cotton club. You had the brown paper test. If the brown bag test, if, you, if your skin wasn't lighter than the brown paper bag, a lot of lot of those weren't home for you. It's, it's the same way in the Caribbean. Lighter skinned people in the Caribbean, it's almost as if it is expected that they'll have better position. It is, it is what it is. So people now are brainwashed and they, 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 they're ashamed of the Africanness because they believe that it's holding them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are hard facts to be. I can't deny not one word you say. Um, it, it gradually changing. Is it that way in America? It it's gradually changing, but it's a fact. It's a it's fact. Light is, is it lighter skinned black person in America? 
Give him preferential treatment. Or the coolie hair. Coolie hair. To the Americans, can I ask a question? The, the lighter skin Americans, are they giving preferential treatment over the darker skin African Americans? Yeah, that, that still exists. That, that still exists. Yeah, but 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 too, but too, but like it depends on situation too. But if you like a straight like a light skin thug hood mother, they don't give a fuck. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't give a damn. If you got her gang banging this shit, you you with the rest of the motherfucker. I'm going to tell you a story now. Let me tell you a last story. Who are you saying they get uh treatment from? You talking about in the with black people, or you talking about other people getting uh, a special treatment? With everybody, black people, other people, now, everybody. It might, be, it might be worse for them in real life. It might be worse for them because they got to deal with both sides of that. They got to deal with a you know white side, and then you know light skin ain't, in, ain't been in for a long time. I think Drake bringing it back, but it ain't been in for a long time, man. So I don't know about that. <laughs> That's why a lot of black leaders and shit was like, yeah, they were fucking angry and shit. Yeah, Huey, Huey P. Newton, Malcolm X, them niggas, <laughs> them niggas had it from both sides. That's what I'm saying. You wrong for that. You wrong. Talk about that. I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> you wrong for that. That's why they called Bob Marley tough gun because he had, he had to fight both. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, because the reason why, right. the reason why I fight Marley. And Bob Marley got all the girls when he was a, when, he, when he was around too. He had to fight the white boys and the black boys. <laughs> he got like fifteen kids. <laughs> no, no I'll I tell you a story now. This is my story. What I've come to recognize, I probably that's why my part was still strong, is that the white people here, and this 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 is going to cause a firestorm. This is an elephant you don't even know. I realize that when I speak to the white people in my Jamaican accent, you can't see the, you can't, the instant I open my mouth and start speaking, you, the face appear more relaxed. It, it, it is unfortunate, but once I, it, I don't know if they feel like they're on vacation when they hear me speak. But <laughs> the next question they ask is, where are you from? And you say, I'm from Jamaica. You say, oh, I've been there before. And the immediate relaxation on the field. They're not Maybe that tense. Even, no, even when I go into the stores, I go into the stores and I will get that look. And I will just say, hello, hi, can you help me? And after that, I have nobody following me. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. It's like, like, like a common, the common, the common ignorant, uh, you know, say black person here in the United States. When you say Jamaican, they, the first thing they think they think all Jamaicans is dark black people. I said, no, it's white motherfucking Jamaicans, bro. Like, it's mixed. It's yeah, Chinese. White, Jamaican. Chinese, black, Indians, a lot of them. You go on, go on the internet and you see a lot. You see the diversity in Jamaicans. But this is what I'm saying is that it is unfortunate that race is a topic that we need to deal with. Because race is not only your complexion. Sometimes it's where you come from. It's your experience as an individual. And even within, our, even within the Jamaican culture, yesterday we had a conversation with other Jamaicans. And we might look like we're culturally the same, but we are not. We are not. Within every culture, you have subcultures with people with different experiences. For sure. That, that, that's, that's, that's how I look at it. Like, me as, a, me as a student of anthropology, that's why I consider, like, 
from 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 all of like like from the diaspora, like you know, because we we really a Niger Congo, like we ain't really a, like you could say African diaspora, but we really a Niger Congo diaspora for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? And from like all the Americas and shit, we would be we would consider uh, West Sudanic Creole. You know what I'm saying? Because from West Sudanic culture, Niger Congo speaking cultures. But from there, you know what I'm saying? You got different branches in there, like different cultures, different subgroups under that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because from the outside, we might all look alike. But even 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 among African Americans, from the outside, people might want to put everybody in the same group. But the dude from Baltimore thinks different than the dudes from New York. Think different than the dude from LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It's it's the, the the dude from down south, from North Carolina. They might everybody might culturally put everybody in the same group. But they are not. The experience is totally the experiences that define who they are as a person is totally different. Yeah, not because we listen to the same music. I would say I would say with the exception with the exception of today, you know what I'm saying, the internet made the world a lot more smaller. So a lot of you find yeah. more common common stuff now because a lot of people are communicating through the web and shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, it's more common but stuff. You, now, but right, but you're right, though. I agree. I agree with you 100%. You're right, though. You know what I'm saying? So, so, all right. Let's put it back 100. Let's put it back a 1,000 years ago. And Egypt was New York, geographically. That would make LA the Sudan. Or that would make um, New Orleans the Sudan by geographical distance. The people might look the same, but culturally they're different. If it wasn't for the internet, um, New Orleans dudes would say, "Why not fucking with, 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 with New York dudes?" They act different, they speak different, they talk different. They have the Brooklyn magic, they talk fast, they're trying to get one up on you at every at every turn. But that's the elephant in the room. The same thing with Jamaica, Kingstonians, and people from Kingston. And people from St. Elizabeth don't really get along. When, so, when you go to the country or the rural areas and you tell somebody that you're a Kingstonian, they start looking at mm-hmm. this person. Yeah, you're from, urban, you're from, the urban, yeah, you're from the urban city. That's where the shit yeah. comes down. Yeah, that's yeah, where you, the yeah, organized person, crime and all that shit. Right. This person's a murderer and a thief and cannot be trusted. We don't know anything about him. Yeah. That's why you have private. And, and it seems like, too, like, I don't know what it is, bro, but it seems like every damn where, like, uh, not everywhere, but a, a lot of places, it seems like the people, like, that come from us, like, Niger Congo motherfuckers, seem like we were somewhere in the South Central, some damn where. Like, even, <laughs> even in, even in, fuck, even in the Sahara, like, in, in the green Sahara, like, the, the, the Niger Congo speakers, before we migrated a little bit further south and west Africa, like, the, 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 the round head art that represent us and shit, you know what I'm saying? We was in the central, the south central parts of the, of the Sahara. That is that 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 is so true. Well, but one thing I'm happy about with the internet is that it brings us together. That we realize that although we might have differences, what we have in common is far greater than what we than what our differences are, and we just need to overcome them. 
Yeah, I'm I'm thankful for the internet too, to be honest, because you know, like I found out there's like a whole new, you know, community of people who think like me, like, you know, you know, like uh people like, you know, the pseudo killers and you know, uh you know, you get to find with the internet, you get to find people who share the same interests as you and stuff. And it's really amazing. Like I wouldn't have been able to most recently I wouldn't have been able to uh, interview Dana Reynolds, Marnisha, and Robert Walker together. That was a huge achievement for me. But you know, oh yeah, you had a whole shoot. I ain't gonna say nothing, but you had a whole roller coaster. <laughs> I sure did, man. I was gonna talk, man. She's cute, bro. I, I had to just. I'm like, all right, she attractive. I'm just gonna let her keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who was she? What's her name? I, I can't say I, I don't know about all that. What's her name? Her, na- her name, her uh, Dana Dana Reynolds Marnie. She uh, she wrote a uh, uh, she she wrote a, a blurb in uh, Ivan Van Sertima's book, uh, The Golden Age of the Moors in Spain. And I oh. uh, got a chance to interview interview her, and I had Robin Walker uh, beside me helping me out. Yeah, Robin <laughs> Walker. I mean, I mean. Yeah. I mean, if 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 the if that early '90s uh curler nine bang is your thing, my dude, shit. Hey, hey, look, 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 man. She come on now. You gotta admit to this. She is cute. <laughs> like, what what is your stage? What is your YouTube channel? Uh, just type in her name. She's like interviewed by a whole bunch of people and stuff. Dana oh. Reynolds Marnish. How you spell her last name? Uh, M A R N I C H E. Okay. How was how was Robin Walker? Was he was he cool? Was he was he Robin? Robin is a cool cat. Like me and him from England, right? From England. Yeah, me and him we we like talk all the time and stuff. It's 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 real cool. Like oh, that's what's up. He kind of like my mentor. It's, it's real interesting. Yeah. That's cool. When we rule, huh? Mm-hmm. So, so so what was the what was the conversation with her about? Oh, it was it was that uh the, the uh interview I had posted on the pseudo killers that I had tagged you in that's like three hours long. Yeah, tell us about it. What, what was the conversation? No, I ain't never seen it. You ain't never. Oh, I ain't Look, get the tag. You gotta, you gotta watch it. All right, I want you to watch it. Then we could have both have a dialogue on it. No, give us a synopsis. We don't even know what she's talking about. Like, what, 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 what is her subject matter? Uh, she uh basically talks about the Moors, and she's written a lot of like research on who they were and stuff like that. Okay, and Robin Walker was helping her out, or what was the deal? No, I had Robin. I had called Robin up so he could help me uh, keep the interview going because I don't know that much about the Moors, and I'm like, you know what? Robin wrote a massive book on African history. He knows more than me, so let me call him so he could help me out and he could ask her questions too. You know, to keep it keep the interview going. So is her thing that the Moors were black? 
basically that that's her okay. thing. I, I want you to I want you to watch that, man. I, I worked real hard on that. <laughs> I had I had um uh, had computer headaches staring at my uh 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 my my laptop screen for three hours straight. <laughs> now, from your research, is her is her argument convincing, or I is mean, it typical? The way the way okay, that, that's how I'm gonna say it. If you look at basically the interview, any of the interviews that she's had, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's not, in my opinion, she's not, and I'm being respectful as possible because, you know, she's an actual PhD and all that type of stuff, and I'm kind of a nobody. But I would say that her charisma, she she doesn't really have a lot of charisma like that. So it, it's go. tough. It was tough for me to really keep up with what she was saying, but her as a writer, she's like a beast as a writer because she went to the University of Chicago and that's a research institution. That's like one of the hardest, you know, research colleges. So her writing is entirely different from what comes out of her mouth. Okay, she writes better than she talks. Yep. Okay. Yeah, she like she like to give you a, a, a she's a better writer than she is a speaker. Yep, like WB. She can write she can write her point better than she can articulate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh man, you cutting the heads, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> if I ever go down to Baltimore, how how much uh how much would it cost me to get a a, a ball fade if I came up to your shop? Fifty dollars. Yeah, about 50 bucks. 50? Yeah. Where the hell you live at? I live, I live in Missouri, man. My mom, he be charging like $20, $25. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Man. You need to stick with him. <laughs> oh, man, $50? Oh, so you need to get You need to get your barber a raise. <laughs> you probably the best... You probably the best barber in the world. Fifty dollars. Yeah, I definitely got to go up there. I definitely got to go up and, and patronize your uh, establishment, man. <laughs> but how much you pay for a haircut now? A haircut down. A haircut here is like thirty-five, and then your tip, and so about forty-five, fifty dollars. Thirty-five dollars. What? Oh man! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole video game. Oh, oh man! <sighs> yeah. That's what it is. That is hilarious. How much is it to go to dinner? How much is if, if you were supposed to carry your wife on a date? How much you looking at? Well, I say fifty to a hundred dollars. You heard me. Fifty to a hundred dollars. Yep. And if that's yeah, if that's like my girlfriend, like yeah, fifty to a hundred dollars. Fifty and a hundred dollars is also you know 
if I if I'm if I'm spending fifty to hundred dollars on a date with a girl, you know, if I take it a Longhorn or something, you know, that, that fifty to hundred dollars is gonna go towards somewhere. Like, there gotta be a part two. Like, I I just can't I, I can't just drop you off. <laughs> <laughs> Drop you off at your house, like something else. <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk anymore. You're young, so I understand. <laughs> you need to come here. here. I'll be like, what? Oh, man. Because there was an article that, that talked about how a lot of uh, women, they go on dates with dudes to just get free meals. Oh, I, I, I wish I could get a $50 or a $100 date. <laughs> you know how. <laughs> I think my eight-year-old daughter out is going to cost more than $50 or $100. <laughs> Let alone a grown woman. You're going to feed two grown people and have a good time for $50. How? Like where you go? I I need the blueprint. Cause you winning. I got I got the get. I listen. I got the game all messed up. Go to Applebee's. Go to Applebee's. Get that two for twenty. That's not a date. Applebee's ain't no date. Yeah, you could. I'm a That's lunch, nigga. Look, tier two is tier two is tier two is a steak from Longhorn. We ain't doing those Ruth Chris's. That's I'm a, crazy. Oh. I respect it though. I respect it. I was your age before. I know how I to. Pinch I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm just joking with. <laughs> I know how to pinch some pennies, man. I I, I be going for the the uh the the what you call it meal at, at Wendy's whenever I eat out. What's that meal where you get? A double cheeseburger. Four for five. Four yep. for five or four for four. Yeah, the no, four because, for four. I didn't right. do else but that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's let's, it. Let's say you carry out a grown ass woman. You're going to drink two glasses of wine while you have a conversation. Right? The meal hasn't come as yet. You might get the appetizer. The entree and the dessert. If you go, if you go to Longhorn for that, that's about for two people, that will work out to about one hundred and sixty dollars. Mm. It depends on who. It depends on who this girl is. Like I, I it really depends. And. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, well, the price is different everywhere you go. Like, um, I guess, you know, here, a haircut mean more than probably other places. Like, that's a central part of your whole outfit. And anything that you got going on here, uh, hair, your hair is definitely a part of you. So if you pay $300 for a pair of shoes, to go out and is nothing to pay fifty dollars to get a haircut. Your outfit ain't gonna be complete without the haircut. So, right. you know, you'll pay you'll pay thirty dollars, you'll pay three hundred dollars for a pair of shoes for your outfit, 
but want to pay fifteen dollars for a haircut. That's that your haircut should look like fifteen dollars if you paid fifteen dollars for. It. Now, that's but, what but I'm some, saying. But, but yeah, some man. of us, uh, we still live like me. I'm forty three. We still live. In the eighties, not early nineties, where hair cut like five, <laughs> five dollars. <laughs> we still got that mindset, like, yo, man, how that shit jump up from five seven? It's two thousand twenty-two, though. <laughs> Everything then went up. So you telling me a person I'm, that do manual labor, right on you, don't deserve an increase from the nineties? <laughs> like that is, and the, uh, think about it. In the nineties, you was way younger, so you didn't have the money that you have now. You dig right. what I'm saying? So paying twenty dollars for a haircut is understandable in the nineties. There were no twenty dollars in the. That's early nineties. I was paying. I, I was paying twenty dollars in the nineties. I was in, I was in Philly. We wasn't paying no damn. Twenty dollars for no haircut. Dude. I paid twenty dollars for my haircut. I, I don't what know. year was that? What year was Appreciate that? My name. Who me? Yeah, what? Yeah, the one we just talked. Uh, I still put twenty dollars for my haircut today. No, I, I was talking about in, uh, uh, in the nineties. You, you know, you paint. Okay, I, I mean, I, I can see where where where, where you were, chef. Yeah, it was certain certain places. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, that's is is because it's just think about it. Uh, the average booth to rent a booth in a barbershop costs two fifty three hundred dollars a week. Oh, right. So, yeah, you have to be charging. You know, you should make your booth rent in a day at least. You feel me? Like one day should be your booth rent. The rest of the days should be your money. If it's not working like that, you hustling backwards. So if you're paying $300 a week to rent a chair in somebody's barbershop, you know what I mean, and you only charging $20, hey, you killing yourself. You know? <laughs> you killing yourself. My, 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 my problem, Chef, is this. When I go to the barber for $50, barber wants to spend whole fucking day in my head. I do yeah, not. Yeah, definitely, like definitely. You get a, what I you do. get your head. My dude, I you do. get your hair washed. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah, you I do like from me. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like spending all day in the barber chair. I want to be in and out. But the barber wants but to no, spend whole No, no, see, no, how see. Barber, how long should a barber shop haircut be uh stupid? 15 minutes, through? 15 minutes. Just, no damn 15 minutes. No, a haircut hey. should at least take 40, 40 minutes, yo. Oh, yo. Block out an hour. Man. You got to at least man. block out an hour, yo. That's crazy. Minutes, On a grown man, hair and face, somebody minutes. only spent 15 minutes on you? That's disrespectful. So she's like, I'll be sitting down in the chair and the bar and the conversation and the up and the head and that. And you said, Jesus, Father, hurry up, hurry up. So, no, man, you need to look good. No, look, I got listen, I, I got a beard wash system, right? Where I wash your beard, take care of that shit. But so yeah, you pose a charge for that. You get your yeah. whole grooming service. Why wouldn't hey. you want that? That's crazy. Hey, hey Chef, hey Chef. <laughs> yeah. I went to I, I visit my girlfriend country in Tanzania, right? I had mm -hmm. a facial to wash my scalp, my hair. To put those nasty ass Vaseline on my lip <laughs> for three dollars, <laughs> nigga. Three dollars. <laughs> three dollars. 
three dollars, all that shit, nigga. But I give him a little tip. I give him an extra four dollars, man. You know what I'm saying? Four or five dollars. That was seven, eight hours I did, man. <laughs> Chance of me. Man. Yo, they, they get cut, though. They got brothers that... Yeah, nice man, people smoking. getting cut everywhere, man. You'd be surprised. Everybody know how to groom them, themselves and their people, yo. So it's... Oh, the Chinese, you know the Chinese in Philly, Chinese, when they cut your hair, they be brushing it, too, while they're using the clippers. <laughs> like, yo, what the fuck you doing? <laughs> well, they, they do, they, they be trying, you know, I'm like, they get into that market. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's going. I ain't letting no Asian cut my hair. That's crazy. Yo, you know That's... what the sad part? I came to <laughs> I, I came to Jersey. I was looking for a barber. I see all these Puerto Ricans do out uh, um, cutting hair. Right, I went into the barber. He said, "Hey!" Right. Soon I see another Puerto Rican. I, I walked out. I was like, "Hey!" But but the funny thing is, I found a black barber, and all of them would. I went in the same the same day that's happened, right? Because I said I ain't gonna let a Puerto Rican cut my hair. I went to the black barber. All of them, none of none of none of the bar, none of the um, c- customer, right? I was running late. Wanted a Puerto Rican to cut their hair, so I was like, man, I everybody waiting for that black barber. Those those. So I was like, man, let me do it because I'm in a rush. Yo, the dude, the guy did a good job. I ain't gonna lie, the Puerto Rican dude, he cut it nice. I was like, oh shit. That, that that damn stereotype. I ain't know he knew anything about black hair, but he did. He did a good job. I was impressed. Yeah, don't uh, only y'all go to barber school though. Like, I mean, hair is hair, right? Like, I mean, I understand the whole dynamic of I don't want nobody else to mess with my hair if he ain't got you know my type of hair. But don't all y'all go to barber school and talk the same thing? Like, yeah, that's yeah, barbers. You learn the theory of um cutting all different types of hair. But if you don't cut all types of hair, then you ain't going to be proficient in the other uh, type of hair textures. So if a Chinese... Listen, if a Chinese go to school and he cutting hair in China and he's only cutting that hair texture, you dig what I'm saying? Cutting Mm -hmm. a black hair, we don't use shears to cut our hair. Like, a shear don't work because our hair is curly. You got to use the clipper. And then the clipper... It's not even made for black hair anyway. It's made for white hair. So what? the gods and everything that you're using, it, the the uh, the uh, the size of the gods and everything is predicated on straight hair. It's not predicated on cur- so we doing magic any way you look at it. You feel me? Like like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's yeah, it's different. It's different. Trust me, it's different. If a Chinese person, I'm sorry. A black person cannot go into a white salon and start cutting white people's hair the way that they cut black people's hair. It's not going to work the same. Their hair don't lay like ours. They act different when it's wet. When their hair get wet, it stretch out. When our hair get wet, it shrink up. Like, it's you. It's a completely different concept. Trust me. Completely. <laughs> okay, show free. One question. Hold on, hold on. Let me say something real quick. Let me say something yeah. real quick. I remember when I, I, I'm like real close to my barber, right? And I remember like my beard was like getting out of hand. So I'm like, you know what? Let me try to cut my face one day. So I called my barber and I bought like a straight razor. And like <laughs> my barber was like, Adrian, like, what are you doing? Like them, them straight razors is for white people. You got to use the, the clippers I be cutting your hair with, man. It's not going to work because our hair curly. I'm like, oh. 
So it makes sense with what you're saying about like, you know, it's going to be harder to cut hair that that you're not proficient in, you know, cutting and stuff. <clears throat> oh, Chef, a question now. This has to do with um, why is it? Because I've realized I've been into two Dominican, um, a Dominican barbershop and a Puerto Rican barbershop. And how a barbershop not looking like theirs. They're going all out. 20 TV in the place. Everything look nice. Somebody there every minute sweeping, cleaning. <laughs> like a constant person sweeping and cleaning. The barbershop look like <laughs> you're in a spa. What? <laughs> yeah. You said what happened? And what barbershop? That's how my barbershop look. <laughs> Well, I got four flat. I got four flat screen TVs in my barbershop. <laughs> I got marble floor in this one. <laughs> <laughs> you try to say black barbers don't take care of the uh? Yeah, yeah you No, I'm not trying to say the black barbershop in most cases look shitty. But <laughs> compared to you go look. Oh, uh, see, no, nah, see, that's what I'm saying. You got to come to Baltimore because. That like like I said, we charge what we charge because we really take this shit serious. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Like it ain't, you know what I mean? Like that's one thing here that we definitely uh do the hair care. You know what I mean? Um, like that's like the only businesses that black people own, and and this a black city, so you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's crazy. That's like that's the only thing that we have here that black people really have is barbershops and hair salons. So it's definitely a little bit more uh it's something that we try to excel in. My problem is that honestly, when you look at some of these barbershop by these other people, the barbershop look Right, it look like yeah. I know you understand the fifty dollars. You know, spa. The yeah, you're not you, all yeah, raggedy. Yeah. No, nah, you listen. White people definitely then showed us, you know, the way for for a long time. You know, I I guess well here in Baltimore, most of the barbershops was um probably owned by white people first then black people end up buying them as we grew in the city and taking and white people moved out um so I, I can see how a lot of shops back in the 90s was um kind of ran down right because they was old right they was black people brought them from like white people and stuff so the shops was kind of old ran down you dig what I'm saying but the drug dealer came in in the early 90s. When the drug dealers start making money, they start investing in small black businesses like barbershops and hair salons. So our barbershops and hair salons started to look, you know, real good because the drug dealers start putting money into them. So that's been a culture ever since. You can't go to no raggedy barbershop here. <laughs> like it, it, it don't work. But like the 80s, yeah, the barbershops looked at it kind of crazy. Cause like I said, it was older people, but when that new generation of drug money, you know, came in in the late early, late eighties, early nineties, 
Yeah, barbershops went to a, went to the next level. <laughs> Drug money put a lot of stuff on the map. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's been. What it implies that the drug dealer was beneficial to our community. <laughs> no, for, 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 for stuff like that, for uh, the financial side, to infuse money in small businesses, yeah, they definitely did. You feel me? Now, it they fucked up our communities, but certain small businesses definitely profited off of um drug money. I We can't even lie about that. Yeah, I mean, but the overall community suffered. You yep. know what I mean? It's not a good trade-off at all. Yeah, the, the Italians, they, they even try to prop up they uh you know Italian mafia like they you know like they was uh the godfather and all that type of stuff. See, it's, it's it's never a good trade-off, like you know, Chef says. Yeah, it's not it's not a good trade-off. You know I mean so, so I I would never say yeah that it was a good thing. But it definitely set a standard uh, for hair salons and barbershops here by them putting um, their money into them, making them look aesthetically pleasing. Remember when, you know, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go Remember ahead. when uh, in Barbershop One, uh, Keith David played the pimp and he was trying to solicit the money from Ice Cube to get a shop? King who? Remember the first barbershop movie with Ice Cube? Sorry, what happened? And uh, Keith David, he played the pimp who kept trying to solicit uh, the shop from uh, Ice Cube's character. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the dude, the old dude. Yep. He was like a money launderer. And he was, yeah, he tried to get Cube to uh, buy Cube's shop. To keep it afloat, but he put his money into it, and Q wouldn't take the money from. Him. <laughs> Hell yeah! But I definitely gotta check out your interview with uh. I, you said you tagged me to it, but I've never seen it. All right, I'm gonna do it again. <clears throat> yeah, I, ne- I never seen it because I, I definitely want to hear her take on it. Um. I know Robin Walker, his take on uh on the Moors. You know what I mean? I, I've been hearing him for years. You know what I mean? Whether they was black or whatever, he still, you know, recognized them as African. So he go down that line. But yeah, it would be crazy. But it would be crazy to say the Moors was black. Right? And they went to they went to Southern York and created a culture that was better than anything that they had in Africa. That would be ridiculous. You feel me? Yeah. So like like so you gotta think about that. Oh you just tagged me again. That's what's up. I see the tag on. That that that's what's always been crazy to me. You feel me? Show me a comparable kingdom in black Africa right, that we can look at the marvels of um, Seville or Granada, right, um, architecture and stuff in Africa, in, well, in Black Africa. Well, you it, do know that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. 
Well, you do know that the architecture in Africa, and, and you can read this in the book called um, A Thousand Years in East Africa, or even <clears throat> in Basil Davis's work on West that, Africa. But that, that's, that's, that's East Africa, though. Hear me out. Hear the, me out. The, I, I said even you can read uh, Basil Davis's work on West Africa, too, right? Mm-hmm. What you will find is that the architecture, African architecture, was ba- was basically Islamic, but it had a, mm-hmm. a African, uh, like it had an African theme to it. It wasn't entirely like Islamic or, or you know, Arab architecture. I agree. I agree so, with that. But what I'm what I'm saying is, when you look at the Kingdom of Seville and Granada, right, and you look at those those uh, the remnants of the more civilization, you know, in Seville and Granada, right? If Africans did that, right, it means that they went to Southern Europe and created something better than what they had at home. Like, I mean, it's Islamic you, architecture, though. <clears throat> it, it's right. So where 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 is that in? In, in in Black Africa, that that type of um, architecture in Black Africa, where 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 where, where these people, these so called Black Moors, supposedly had came from. Well, if they were black. I mean, well, I mean, some of the well, yeah, more more. That's kind of I don't know. That that's kind of a a term that meant different things at different time periods. Y- you know what I'm saying? Who formulated you know. the word more? Who first came up with it? Were the people calling themselves Moors, or was it the Europeans who called them more, Moors? More that that's for what I can find, it's more of a, a <clears throat> European like you know termination. Yeah. Like, so these people weren't calling themselves Moors. No. I don't I were don't they think from so. Mauritania. Were they from Mauritania? Well some of them, yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, if we look at, like, uh, even Shakespeare, right, I tell people all the time, like, if you were to look at, you know, like, the mindset of a group of people during a certain time period, you always, like, you always want to study the literature or, you know, the films, etc. right? Now, we do know, according to the English... Shakespeare was at the Morse rule, though. Yeah, but Shakespeare he uses he uses more in black person like interchangeably in the in the play Othello. So we do know during that time period, more meant black to them at that time period. So but what, you know, hold it, on. It, so what do black oh so what do black or swarty what did it mean to 16th century English speakers? Does it mean black African, sub-Saharan African, or does it mean Saracen or a person that's darker than the English, a pasty English person. All of that is relative, also. But go ahead. Yeah, it is. But when Othello, I mean, when when Shakespeare is using more, he he's meaning black person. That's what that's Prove what that. it meant. Prove that. Prove that. What you say? Prove that. Read the play. Read what? Read, read, Othello, read, 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 read
In the play, Otello was a black man. All right. Y'all don't see what I'm saying. Oh. Yeah. Listen. Because we depict him as a black person, y'all saying that that is definitely the character is an African, a phenotypically an African person. Uh, I get what I get what you're saying. I guess Ayago, you're saying. he says Iago in the play. <clears throat> he, he constantly says, "I hate the more," and I've I've done the play like countless times. Like I did that in like high school. He said Iago mm-hmm. says, "I hate the more." He also calls him. Um, he calls him thick lips. He talks about. He calls him curly head. You know, he 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 does those types of things. So. You know, Shakespeare gives you an indication of, you know, like what Othello looked like by, you know, Iago is constantly, you know, calling him. Okay. I've read that shit in high school. That was a long time ago. Um, But it's some stuff that Garfield had brought up that made me have to rethink all of that. You get what I'm saying? Garfield, you know, when he, because the Hebrew Israelites, was saying that certain English people was saying that certain English people was um uh black. The Israelites say that, you know, like king, certain kings of, of England and stuff was black. And then when you read the when they talk about they was dark and swarthy and all of these other descriptions, when you look at it, that was just white people explaining other white people. You feel me? It, it, it's completely different. You know what I mean? They, they wasn't explaining Negroes, so that, that made me have to rethink that whole uh, situation. What y'all think about that? Read uh, Race and Shakespeare. Um, I forget who wrote it, but I, when I find it again, I'm going I'm to uh, shoot it to you. It's called Race and Shakespeare. There's a, a chapter in there about, uh, about uh, Othello in there. But the Hebrew Israelites, man, come on now. We we know they don't count, bro. You know, they a bunch of street speakers, man. They they don't count. <laughs> you get you get what I'm saying, Chef? Yeah, yeah, I definitely get what you say. I'm saying Garfield um take on it is I wish he was here so he could explain it. He could explain it better than I could. Yeah, no, Garfield use that when the English. When the English use black to describe themselves or swarthy, they're not talking about the, the complexion of the, the skin. Uh, it just, it, they're not talking about a black person like an African person. That's what Gaffey is saying. Because mm-hmm. they use it, it has been used with many people, and those persons aren't black. As I said, it's culture within culture. Because if you're darker to them, because people would say, in our, I've, 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 I've read books and watched movies where they said, oh, the Italians are exotic, they have darker skin. Or the French have a darker complexion. But to a black person mm-hmm. look at, looking at the French and an English person, it, it, is, not, it, it is not significant. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be significant to, 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 to say, what do you mean by this person is darker than this person? Yeah, because yeah, the Italians were considered the, 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 the Italians were considered black to the Europeans until they start getting more exposure to the Africans. Exactly. Exactly. So I I mean I would have to read it 
uh, to, to to properly, you know, look at it. But I, I've I until Garfield broke that shit down to me, I was thinking just like uh, Adrian. You so know, what I mean? and to he went to he went into English literature and showed, you know, that they were actually talking about their own people. You know what I mean? It wasn't even, yeah. you know what I mean? Because in, in 1605, when that play was written, what populations of Africans was in was actually in in England at England. that time? In 15, 15, yeah. When when what population of black people was in England? What what population of African was in England? And chances are he could have looked like an Arab. He mm-hmm. could have looked like somebody from Libya. Because it, it was people of Northern Africa who was battling for Cyprus at the time. So we can't, uh, unless there was a drawing of the time of Othello. I mean, every more that I've seen in um, being, being uh, dedicated, uh, when, when Europeans drew uh, the, the black people that came with the earth or the Moors, they was mm-hmm. always the servants or uh, so, something like that. You know what I mean? Like even in their artwork, they always had the black person um, they they always he, he gotta go too. Go in. <laughs> he uh you know if you look at the artwork, even like if you look up Blackamore, Blackamore is some jewelry. You know, we thought that that was actually people coming from studying in the nineties, but when you look it up, Blackamore is a goddamn is jewelry and figurines of black people. Being servants and stuff in um in Europe, it's crazy. Uh, okay, but, me, but, uh, when the black girl was getting married to Prince, the prince, one of the one of the princesses or one of the duchesses wore a piece of jewelry that a lot of people found offensive, of a black princess or something like that. But we don't know how old that jewelry was, and then. We don't have much images of the ruling class of Spain during the occupation of Moors because they were Muslim. They didn't really paint themselves. They really didn't really have depictions of themselves. Well, mm. we do have some primary source documents that talk about what the, you know, like Saracens look like. Uh, I recommend you read a poem. It's called The Song of Roland. Like, we do have certain depictions of like what they look like, and it's. But who wrote the poem? Who wrote the poem? Uh, the song of Roland was written, I think, by a European. That's a problem, because how you describe me might be totally different than how I describe myself. When I look in the mirror, I see a handsome man. I see somebody who's slightly chubby. Who work? Who, if I walk two step, I might lose the weight. But when you look at me, you say a fat fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's still, a, it's still a primary source document, though. Like, no, but it, it's who it, it is primary. But it's who who did the description. You understand? If Sheffrin is asked, if I if I look at Sheffrin, I say, let us write a paragraph describing you, Sheffrin. You write mm-hmm. one, and I write one. 
Sheffrin paragraph will look totally different than mine. In, Sheff in Sheffrin mind, not in his eyes, because your mind interpret what your eyes see. In Sheffrin mind, it is a Denzel Washington fucking looking nigga. In my <laughs> eye. <laughs> Denzel <laughs> <a> Washington. <laughs> yeah, it's because he never had the time, he never got to Hollywood in his mind. <laughs> but in my mind, <laughs> what is ugly motherfucker talking about? And, and, and I, I will say this Adrian, I definitely know that it was black people in Southern Europe that came with the Moors. I, if you think I'm saying that they didn't take a contingency, a large oh, no. contingency of what we call black people into Southern Europe, you know what I mean, whoop them, then, you know what I mean, you you mistaking me. And if oh, anybody no. in the chat think I'm saying that, then y'all tripping. I'm not oh, saying no. that black people all. did not go into Southern Europe. Uh, oh. uh, with I'm that not... invading force, of, uh, uh, that Muslim, you know what I mean, it definitely, they definitely took black people with them. In the military, oh. um, as service, everything from you know what I mean. Oh, I'm I'm but, not saying I'm not right. saying that at all. It's, I was about to basically say what what you what you just said about the uh, the Arabs uh, using Africans as uh, mercenary soldiers going into mm -hmm. because I read this in a book called Slavery in the Arab World by Murray. And Murray talks about how the Arabs, you know, had used Africans as um, the military arm when they, you know, went to places during the ancient world. You know, you see this with India, uh, with Malik Ambar. We both know who he is, you know. Mm -hmm. So, no, like, but, but, that, that, yeah, that's true. Go ahead. If you yeah. look at medieval, if you look at medieval mm -hmm. drawings, not, not modern drawings. Medieval drawings, not the not the pictorial looking drawings, but the medieval drawings. The the, the, the the moors that are on the horses look totally different than the moors that are on the ground walking. The moors that are on the horses is of lighter complexion in the medieval drawings. In the in the, in the other more defined drawings, you have darker looking moors as the soldiers. But if you go back to the earlier drawings, the Moors look like the Arabs of today. Mm -hmm. In those drawings, just bring them up on Google and type in Moors in Spain. Look at the earlier, older drawings. Well, we have one here where we have black people playing chess. This is from when? Right? Yeah, and we got to say they, 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 Right, they was there for a thousand years, right? Right. Uh, from from seven from seven eleven into fourteen ninety two, you know what I mean. So it was constant waves of you know Africans coming into that peninsula. You know what I mean. So yeah, it definitely it was black people there. So Cujo, if you think I'm saying that it wasn't no black people, you know that occupied Southern York, uh, with, with, with the with the Muslim. You know what I mean? Um, invasion of Southern York, then you, you you got me all wrong. I'm saying that our our view of the Moors being black is that's like you have 
black people that went to Iraq and you know what I mean with the invasion in Iraq, but we would never call that a black person, a black army that invaded Iraq with uh, the United States, right? You would never say that blacks invaded Vietnam, you know what I mean? No, they were part of the United States Army. That's the part that we need to, you know what I mean, on out with the uh, with the Moore situation. We be acting like that was a more that, that, that that was a black invasion of Southern Europe, and it wasn't. They was a part of a, a bigger uh, Islamic empire that invaded Southern Europe. That that's the point. Yeah, the Arabs were were in charge, but like you know, the the military arm of it was was like pretty much African and Berber, like because it, it yeah it's definitely. Kinda, it talks about that in uh, the Berbers. They were kind of the first wave, like you know, mm-hmm. Tyreek, Tyreek and them. Uh, even the Arabs kind of didn't like them. You know, even Musa had you know hit him upside the back with a whip. You know, and then yeah. the Berbers come through, and then there there is like a Western. That's also a Western African uh, mil- military arm that goes over there as well. You can read this in the Golden Trade of the Moors by uh, E.W. Bobble that, you know, talks about that as well. So, like, for real, we should be saying the Golden Age of the Arabs. If, if we, you know what I'm saying? The Arab conquest of Spain. That's mm-hmm. how we really should be saying it. Because more, that, that means so many different things in, certain, in so many time periods. So we should really be saying the Arab conquest of Spain. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It definitely was more uh, Islamic and, you know what I mean, than anything else. You know what I mean? Just think that why would the Africans, you know, want, or the Black Africans want to invade Southern Europe? Like the people closer to Southern Europe would want that more than the people, you know, below the Sahara, you know, like... Well, you kind of got to think about it. Like, our ancestors were... Oh, hold on. Now, no, uh, now, now, think about it. What what African group was seafaring, Black African group was seafaring at that time uh, and had a navy that could cross the Mediterranean? Go. All right, since you're going to hit me with that question, let me, let me tell you what I want to say first. They did our F for you. Now, we got to look at it. We got to look at it this way. Our ancestors was mostly Islamic. So you look at like a lot of these, you know, Islamic, um, you know, civilizations, they tend to have a tendency of to declare jihad or to help their Islamic brethren in terms of like, you know, wars, etc. Um, so there, there was a West African component there. You, you can read it in uh, E.W. Bovell's uh, the golden trade of the Moors, he talks about this. There are some West Africans who do go into Spain, actually, during the uh, Moorish uh, conquest. Right. What you on that? Haskell American Dream, what's up? All right. Mohammed Abdul Abdallah or something like that. I'm looking at this person. That's, 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 he was a Moor. Right? But he looks Arabic. But the, the thing about it is that 
most of the reinforcement from Spain, from <laughs> Africa to Spain, was coming across Gibraltar. Mm. Right, that's that's like a seventy mile uh, at the yeah, smallest point. Nothing. At the smallest mm -hmm. point, is um, the crossing is like five miles. At the smallest point, eight miles. I mean, eight to nine miles. Eight to nine miles is nothing. Nothing between Spain and Africa is nothing. Meaning that it, if you're rowing, just rowing, is two hours to cross that on a rowboat. Dang. If, if the tide favor, if the tide favorable, you sit down in the boat and the tide carry across. Mm hmm. <laughs> mm. Ask what's up. Man, I'm cooling. Yo, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? What's going on? How y'all doing? Uh man, I was um Unc said he was gonna put up that uh that three hour discussion they had with old girl, man. I was really looking forward to it because you know, um that Morris shit like one of the most murkiest. That's like yeah. the murkiest shit, man. <laughs> uh, along with Egypt too, you know, that shit real yeah. murky, but I think with, with with Egypt at least you got a lot of you got a um you got a lot of artifacts that's uh that's from that time, you know, to where you can at least, you know, is a lot more mm -hmm. tangible shit. But that Moorish shit is very, very confusing, you know, because, um, you know, a lot of people say the Moors weren't black, but the only damn near only depictions we see is of black people, you know, like the Moorish figurines and shit you mentioned before. And um, I know like... Yeah, like a lot of folks that say uh, them was the slaves or whatever, but you know, at that time, it wasn't no slave armies. You know, I think people conflate the no, arm. There was. No, it wasn't. No, the, it wasn't. The Arabs, the Arabs used Africans as, as, as uh, their military arm and stuff. Right, like but that. that's, that's all right. Perhaps, perhaps I'm, I need to make a distinction then. You know, when I say slave army, right, um... I'm talking more so about like what happened in Morocco in the medieval in the medieval period, right? That is like these the medieval actual, period, huh? That is the medieval period. Yeah. Well, the late medieval period. Okay, so late, late medieval period. What, what, what period are we talking about now? Uh, when was it that the Moroccans were like enslaving Sudanese and and having them in their armies? Like these were literal slaves, right? So, so like for example. When you read um, Stanley Lane Poole's work and he talks about a particular Moorish ruler and how uh, some of the Africans couldn't, you know, be outside like by themselves. Because if the Spanish would see them, like they would like really harass them and treat them, you know, poorly. Right. You know, but there's a distinction between how the, right, it, it, I put it this way. It would kind of it would be kind of calling like black folks in the United States Army uh, members, you know, slaves like a slave army, right? You know, they're members of the army. They may not have been necessarily the commanders or the the people who are directing the action, but they weren't slaves. Not in the not in not in Andalusia. Now in Morocco, 
in Morocco, those were like, those were actual people that they enslaved and conscripted into their armies. You get what I'm saying? It's a, it's a difference. So what are you going to play a game? Okay. It's games, okay? You don't have any games. So, so, I share with the brother. so what, are, what are you saying? Like, I'm that's what I'm saying, Chef. That's your murky because, again, my thing is this, right? If they were, let's say the Berbers, because we know how we envision North Africa in terms of phenotype, right? Mm-hmm. We have a, a general idea of what the, 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 the predominant phenotype is in North Africa and also in Arabia, right? Mm-hmm. My whole thing is I know they didn't depict themselves because of their religion. It was considered shirk. But in the description of the Europeans, in their depictions, whether by art or by uh, figurines, etc., where are the de- where are the depictions of the, you know, North African or the typical North African looking type or Arabian type? You know All what I'm right, saying? Now, this, okay, this okay. Is, that North African type, right? Phenotypically is damn near the same as the Spanish and the Portuguese and the Italian, the Southern European. Phenotypically, <laughs> they damn near identical. So the only thing that would separate them uh, would be their, their cultural dress, right? Right, it's And dress. their language. Right. The, the, yeah, the, the Amazigh language, right? That was the biggest separator between the goddamn Berbers and the Arabs, right? It was the, the language gap, right? They, they were still speaking that Amazigh uh, uh, language, right? So the Arabs looked down on the Berbers, but if, if once they dropped that language and started speaking Arabic, and if they wouldn't have mentioned who they was, then they would fall into the line of a Southern European or goddamn, um, or herb, what would be the difference? Phenotypically is, is my point. The African would be, would have been the only, uh, the, the black African would have been the only, uh, stand out, right? And yeah. if you strip them all down, he would look different. So that's why the, the African or the black African is portrayed in the, um, in the literature more, because he was phenotypically distinct from the other people, like it was. That's the that would be the only reason I could think of that that they would do that. You know what I mean? Um, what, what what's y'all thoughts on that? If we read, um, it's a book. I want you to check this out, Chef. I think you'll like it. It's called um, A Tropical Dependency by Lady Lugar, an outline of the history of the Western Sudan in the, the, the formation of modern-day Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the early chapters, they talk about the Arab invasion of Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. The Arab invasion of North Africa. And they talk about, and in, in, in the uh, first chapter, they talk about how uh, I forget which I forget which primary source you grabbed this from, but when the Arabs first got over there, we had said that the Berbers, and I'm paraphrasing that the, the Berbers up there look exactly like them, like look well, look exactly like us, and uh, they're our brothers, you know, et cetera. So, you know, it, it's, you, you're right on the, 
you know, they look pretty much like Southern European or Arab. So, yeah. But yeah, grab that book though, too. Grab, grab, uh, independence. Yeah. So, all of that would be a hard press when you start, uh, uh, talking about what they drew and what they uh depicted. Even when they depict um when 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 the Catholics wrote about the uh about uh what's his name, Tariq and his army, the first wave that came over. Um the the way that they described them, it, I don't think it was I think it was more caricature than anything else, right? They, they oh, the thing about um, that's where he, where he talks about it being black as the a burnt pan or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Alfonso the tenth says a very similar um thing when he describes. He says that a very similar to what the Catholic wrote about. You know that army. He also says that they're that they were like you know black as pitch if you like translate it. So, right. Like, it, it. I wouldn't say it was a. Like, I wouldn't say it was a caricature because even the song of Roland talks about that too. Like, uh, but, it, but it would have to be. That's saying that that's saying that uh, sub-Saharan Africans went across North Africa, built boats, right, then traveled the motherfucking Southern Europe over top of the the, the Berbers and the Arabs that was there. Like, what? That that wouldn't even make no sense. That, that wouldn't even make no sense. It, more than likely, the people that went into Southern Europe had a good understanding of Southern Europe, yo. They knew where they was going at. Like, it was it, it was more, like like uh, Stu D said, it's 89 miles away. It's very close. That shit ain't close to Sub-Saharan Africans. Like, no, Gibraltar is eight to nine miles. Eight. Oh, eight to nine, eight. Eight, nine miles. You feel me? The streets of Gibraltar. How would some sub-Saharan Africans, you know what I mean, know that region? That, 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 so they're going to they gonna invade goddamn um, Southern Europe before the North Africans do. How? You feel me? How? The North Africans yeah, right but... there for, forever. And some damn sub-Saharan Africans going to come and jump the jump the line and invade uh, Southern Europe before the North Africans. Right, but see, but, but, you know, everything that you said is, is built on a presumption, though. And that presumption might very well be correct. You get what I'm saying, Chef? But it may very well not be. You know, because I've heard Dana Marniche, and that probably would be her most controversial um, talking point. She says, like, the recent North Africans, like how they look in terms of visage, like, uh, you know, I always use French Montana. He always comes to my mind for some reason. She makes the argument that that phenotype is way more recent, um, you know, than uh, what conventional, I guess, anthropology or science would say, you know. So, you know, if you presuppose that North Africans have always looked like Kakuzma, if they are or they've looked like that for the better part of 15,000 years, then yeah, the idea that these niggas is black as uh as goddamn midnight, you know, it would be ridiculous, 
You know what I'm saying? If you working off that that premise, you know? But um when, even when in did Spain, the Roman the, Empire fall? When was the fall of the Roman Empire? It was when the, the Vandals had uh well, okay. When the five hundred BC? No, the, the Arabs had kicked the, the, the Roman Empire out of North Africa in the six hundreds. Yeah, that's that's the AD period. Um uh, no 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 the Roman beef. Empire fall in the BC in AD period, right. The, the Moors occupied Spain in 700 BC. 711 is when they invaded. Yeah, 711. That means 100 years after the fall of the Roman Empire. Right. All right. So my question is, how did the Roman describe the people who were closest to them? Because the Moors must have been very close. Yeah, that's well, a good question. Because even, um, I think Dana Marnish even has some quotes from some Romans describing... North Africans and um, I look some up, but I, off the top of my head, I remember she having one where they're saying that there's no distinction between them and the Negroes of Negroland, meaning like the uh, the Western Sudan, like you know, the, yeah, like they said there's there's they look like the Negroes of Negro Negroland. She has some quote like that. Uh, even. I mean, my whole thing on the Berbers, it just depends. Like, I, I've read Proverbs those documents from people like Al Jahiz, Ibn Halqal, and, you know, even what the Arabs had said about them when they first invaded. I mean, it, it really just depends. It, it just really depends. Like, they, they're not, they're not a, a homogenous group of people, you know, so. Y'all mixed up. Y'all, the Romans detail there's a whole Roman North Africa. The people was damn near the same as the goddamn Southern Europe Southern Europeans. It, it was cities sprinkled all through North Africa that was Roman. Like and and the people remain that's that's how they knew how to fight the vandals and everything, right? Because they were the same as the Rome. They they've been in contact for forever like i i don't know what y'all think that is they were christian for the most part anyway you dig what i'm saying like most of the 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 uh those north african church fathers and stuff you know that we call you know african they were basically Romans, right? roman and yeah like so i, I don't know how, how long saying, were the bro. romans there chef do you know North Africa, yeah, Rome, from the time of the Greeks. Greeks. No, they, they, from had, the... they had came up until when they when Hannibal killed himself. That's when they were able to put a foothold on uh, North Africa. So after he died, up until like the AD period, that's how long they were there. Like the, the, they fought the um the herbs that fought you gotta wait till we get there, okay? the North Africans, right? All the way across North Africa. Like it it, it wasn't just an easy sweep of the North Africans. These people knew how to fight. They were they were Roman trained fighters, like you know, they, they had cavalry, they 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 had the same armament as the goddamn herbs. You know, they, they was a contemporary, you know, army. They and they they had cities. They they was fortified in cities. And I'm talking about 
all across North Africa, you know what I mean, was the remnants or the last vestiges of the Roman Empire. Was in North Africa, the roads that the Arabs used to travel across North Africa was Roman roads, right? That that these Berb that we call Berbers, right? They were Christian, right? They just spoke the Amazigh language. Um, like it wasn't no black, it wasn't black Africa, like so. That that's my point. Like, yeah, and that's the other it, thing. It can be African, but it, it's not black. You African. know, that's that's the other thing too. I don't know if like even back then they just had it up for black folk because even in Spain today they have a festival in a part of Spain where they celebrate expelling the Moors, right? Yeah, and they paint their faces mm-hmm. black. Yeah, and yeah, and they that's... paint the people who play the role of the people being expelled. They paint them. They paint them in the most caricatured image of that's black people. That, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know if they just have this obsession with the sub-Saharan type because if the if the North African slash Arabian type was truly the type that you know that came in there and subjugated your people, right? They were the the directors, the thought leaders, the, the 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 commanders, the people in charge, right? And the Negro was just some little servants and shit, right? And no, they, 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 they were they, phenotypically there were some leaders that was phenotypically what we would call black African right. also. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely. fine, but Matter that's fact, fine. The, la- the, la- the last king. Of Granada, the one who handed over the keys um, to, to to Ferdinand, um, I think. Yeah, I think he was um, phenotypically um, African. He was the last one to, you know, yeah. give up the, the, the city of Granada. So, yeah, I'm listen. I'm not talking in absolute. I'm talking in general. You feel me? Right, <laughs> because well, in, in Islam, in Islam, you do have a meritocracy, right? So they go off mm-hmm. ability sometimes more than they do uh, race or anything else. If your ability can can get you places where you know your your, your phenotype or your uh, pedigree can't, you dig what I'm saying? So, With, right. Uh, what I'm saying is, though, Chef, you don't think that's like super weird, bro? If if again, uh, you know, going by your premise, the phenotypical black would be the that would be the the um the outlier in the group. You know what I'm saying? Even though the last two um the last two uh caliphates were more black, like the Umayyads, according to history, that like they were like definitely Arabs, right? Mm-hmm. And then the uh the Almoravids and the Almohads were more, they would be more closer to what we would call black. Okay, that's fine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where if you're having a a, a, a a reenactment of the expulsion of these people that subjugated you, you would think you would at least have some depictions of the more typical North African Arabian type. Like all they depict is the no, you making that up. You making that up. You making that up. So you saying that there's no depiction of North African types. And Arab types in, uh, um, in Andalusia. Well, I was is the only to... thing that you see is uh, Sub-Saharan African types. He, well, I was 
talking I was talking about the festival, that little that little reenactment thing they be doing. Yeah, there's a um there's a documentary, whoever just got finished. What's your name, brother? Uh Haskell. Haskell. There's a documentary that you catch out. It's called Michael Palin Sahara, right? Where you find that in Spain today, they they, they reenact they, they reenact uh King Boabdil uh handing over the, the keys of Granada to uh Ferdinand and Isabella, right? But here's the funny part. They use black puppets for that. And then when you even look at the depictions that they still have of Bo Abdil, uh, of like a painting, it was like, I think it was during their time period or whatever, right? But when they show the painting of Bo Abdil, guess what? His whole, uh, the, the face, like it's kind of like scratched off. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. So it's, you know, it's, it's very weird. That's the world. One last thing too. You can look at the flag of Corsica right now. They have a, in the flag of Corsica, they have a, a beheaded black man as their uh, flag. Because according to the legend, boy trying to sell a, a, a European lady into slavery and they cut it and they cut his head off in the battle and they used the flag of the beheaded black man. And that's like, they, they say that's a, a more. I forget what you call their flag, but it's like a more something. They they had a lot of little kingdoms that were slave trading. Um, had those uh, those uh, the pictures of uh, black people as slaves with the white bands on their heads. That represented slavery, yo. That that that, that was a part of their trade. It was on a lot of their standards. I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause Jay Rogers wrote about that back in the motherfucking. Day he wrote extensively on that. Hey, so, Chef, yeah. you see my nature, screen? Nature goes was is it in nature knows no color line? Um, nature knows no. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm 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 gonna read it again because I I just bought it, so I got I got all these books like Sex and Race and all this other stuff. So I'm gonna read that again. Hey, Chef, you can see my screen. Yeah, I just see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. that look crazy. Yeah. Right, so this is in Spain. <laughs> right, that shit crazy. Mm -hmm. Look at this shit, man. Mm -hmm. I don't know that's character, yo. But then, look at Black on. Look at Black yeah. Black Pete. Yeah, it's the same, it's the same <laughs> festival in, in Netherlands. The Black Pete thing, it's the same kind of deal. Right, but then earlier I said, earlier I made a comment that if I describe Sheffrin and Sheffrin describes Sheffrin, my description of Sheffrin is going to be totally different than Sheffrin's description of Sheffrin. These people right. are describing the Moors as how they, a carcasser. How mm -hmm. they, right? So, therefore, those, you can't really say for certain, say, oh, it must be a black, black person because there's no black person in the world. With red lips, right? Now. And they're going and they're going to take the most um, eccentric features from mm -hmm. you know what I mean the black people that came with the um, like I said that came with the Moors was the the most phenotypically different. 
So, of course, they're going to play that up because that's the person that looks the most that would be the most significant type that came with them. You like so that, that would be that would be uh definitely a defining feature of them. But to say that the majority of them, you know what I mean, and that it was a black invasion of South, South um Southern Europe, I don't believe that. That that's my point. Yeah, that's weird, bro. Because remember, going back to what you said earlier. The idea is that mm. the Northern African is is for in in a lot of ways phenotypically indistinguishable from the Southern European, right? Spain and and people in Spain and Portugal. Mm. And um, I do get your point though, because um, for like even in the royal family with with Meghan Markle, you know, she might as well be on Viv in their eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like that's mm -hmm. what that's a, so I get what y'all speak, you know, where y'all, you know, I get where y'all going with that, you know, and I, yeah, in, 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 all right. So like for Queen Elizabeth, like we look at Meghan Markle and we could clearly see a, a mixed race woman, damn near white. Right. Mm -hmm. But for Queen Elizabeth, she may as well look like Aunt Viv from Fresh Prince. Right. right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like in her eyes, they they not indistinguishable from one another. You know that's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. so I get, the bastion of whiteness, right? The German whiteness too. They made the bastion right. of whiteness. Right, right. Because right. because even in uh, you know, like Darwin and them, and and and, and Galton and is it Galton his his cousin, whoever his cousin was. In, in mm -hmm. eugenics, they put the Southern European below the Germanic white people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the Germanic white folks are considered to be the pure, you know what I'm saying? The purest of white. Right. And Queen Elizabeth is German descent. And all of the royals are of German descent. They can cherish by the ancestry to two German people. All of them. And, and I think it goes back to our belief that the North African somehow didn't change in the recent history. Like, um, that all of Africa was Black Africa in history, and then uh, white people from Southern Europe and Asians from Western Asia came in and changed the phenotype of these people. So just like the Egyptians, mm -hmm. they don't, according to us, don't share the same phenotype that they did in their historical heyday. So we're basically say the same thing about the Moors that's on a complete side, on the other side of Africa. You feel me? Um, we're saying that, you know, Southern Europeans and them recently changed their phenotype. You feel me? Like, they are new people. Like, and that's crazy to say that. You know what I mean? Without without the proof of that, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's it's still the culture is still what it is. It, they still have the um. Show me the the black culture that existed in North Africa. Ask us. Um, I know I'm going to share the screen, please. But yeah. All right. Hold on. <clears throat> Mm 
Just look at the Libyan. Yeah, and, the, the, and, 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 and the Tunisians, and you feel me? All the way yeah, over so you, to Morocco. Y'all say that they are new people? Because yeah. they, they represent the Moors also. Finish they were the part of the army that, that, that we would call Moors. Can you see my screen? Yeah, we could see it. All right. That look, when Megan Mouse was there, no, that's a princess in India. Oh, okay. she, wore, she wore that piece of jewelry to commemorate or to celebrate Megan Markle and Harry's engagement. This is the, the, the black princess in the piece of jewelry that she wore. She right, that's a black on the track, Right? That's a mm -hmm. piece of jewelry. So when she's in Megan Markle, that is what she's seen. Megan Markle mm. look anything like that? I don't know. But that is a piece of jewelry she wore to celebrate Megan Markle. <laughs> right. That's that was her way of uh showing her respect. Yeah, yeah. well, showing huh? disrespect. That was that's her way disrespect? of being yeah, that's her way of being disparaging. That's a piece of ice. Oh, How that's disrespectful. Let, let a white person let a white person <laughs> bake you a birthday cake with the uh the uh the, whatchamacallit, uh the, the blackface, the Al Joseph blackface, and you're gonna say that's a cake. Yeah, chef, she got in she got in hot water for that in England. Yeah. Like because she did it, it was a sneak this, um, chef. Oh, like okay. she yeah. Good. Yeah, princess, princess, princess Michael of Kent attended a lunch for the extended royal family of Buckingham Palace on December 20, 2017 in London. That's what she wore. That's what she wore in front of Megan Martin. That's how she that's how they see us. Megan Martin look anything like that black piece of jewelry. Mm -mm. If Megan yeah, Martin walking like... in the street, you would say Megan Martin is a white girl. Megan Martin look closer to white than to black. Well, yeah, that's what I, I was saying. I've seen the old interview of her when she was like 13 or 14 and her hair was a little, it was a little curly and she, she putting products in that. So yeah. <laughs> but all you, black you women do that though. But so I, that you gotta understand that for them is it's it's the same sentiment that brought about the one drop rule, you know, in their mind, just like Hitler, they believe in this yeah. purity thing and that. And Darwin, you know, Ankh, if you're listening, I don't know how, you know, I'm, why I'm you, still. Why you want to poke you know, the bear? Why you come on now? You try to poke the bear. He go, he go, yeah, no, nah, because, you know, oh, no, I don't understand. Finished. I don't get how it confounds Ankh to this day. You know, like, it's very simple. Darwin was of the opinion that the group that he belonged to represent the absolute apex of humanity. Right, the latest and greatest iteration of humanity. Like, there's no, there's no, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, Darwin, Darwin, and all the other Europeans at that time were they uh, were products of their time. But a lot of the stuff that Darwin, you know, we can, I mean, we we can't throw away what Darwin did in terms of like, as you say, yeah, I don't know right, why a eugenicist. But yeah, I mean, I don't, still a scientist that you know talked about evolution. Yeah, so, I don't know why with like black folks, especially right, when you make a <laughs> statement of fact regarding Darwin, they start talking about you can't throw away 
I didn't even right. mention any of these theories or anything. Right. You know, I'm just simply stating what the man's. They straight go to. They straight go to defend. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Without even, you know what I mean? It's weird. Like they won't even. They won't even allow you to make a a damn analysis of his character. They gonna go and start defending him. Uh-huh. Defending his side. Yeah, and like I'm not listen. Like you defend his side uh-huh. when we're talking about his yes, character. Yeah, because no, you no, could no, be no. you could be a um you could be a brilliant racist. Like the two things are mutually exclusive. So right. when 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 Darwin proposes <laughs> that the group that he belongs to represents the most evolved and the most uh you know by virtue of their biological and genetic makeup represents the greatest that humanity has to offer. There's no two ways about that. Like he clearly states that, you know, that's independent of whatever theories or, you know, that's what the man believed. Uh, question, question. But, yesterday, yesterday when I, when, when I signed off, it led me to think, and I realized it. Dr. Ben, Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X, um, same one, the father of modern evolution. Are we supposed to leave them alone? Queen of Singer, everybody know we should start criticizing the character. Are taking the character into question? What should we? Why you compare Dr. Ben to Queen and Zinger? <laughs> no, he's talking about he's talking about just assessing our our um heroes' uh character. You know, like how much should we find the movie and watch the movie? You know, like how much should that factor into how we see them, you know, as historical figures. I mean, that's what he's getting at. It, I mean, Huey B. Newton was like a, a drug addict, you know, towards the end of his life. Did we throw him away for, you know, being a drug addict, but he still made the, you know, Black Panthers. It's, it's it, 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 I don't know. We, we can't really be doing that for real when it comes to our people. We can't do that. Cause then, cause then we're gonna go into that cancel culture thing, and we ain't gonna have nobody left. <laughs> well, I mean, human beings are complex, man. You know, we we all contradict ourselves, and you know, all the rest of it. So, like, even yesterday, the convo we was having about Mar- Marcus Garvey, like, I'm fine with it. You know, I'm just not a type of person that gets emotionally invested in people. You know, so I I can't relate to like a lot of the conscious community. Like they'll really, they'll really come see about you, you know, about talking about somebody from 2000 years ago. Like it gets real like that. And that's just wild to me. You know what I'm saying? If the people of the conscious community act like that, I mean, that's their problem, but it's like, at the same time, I look at it like, you know, like if I get, like, uh, let me give an example. If I, like I got a friend of mine, right? And I got a friend of mine right now who was like a ruthless, you know, street thug, right? 
he was just no good for nothing. But he changed. He got shot like 14 different times. And uh, he became part of the Moorish Nation Science Temple. And he is a productive citizen now. So, I mean, it's, if it keeps, if anything, if anything you believe keeps you, I mean, helping you be a better citizen, I mean, it's, I'm okay with that. Right. I need to ask that from that question. Yeah, man, but but back to that Moorish, uh, the Moorish subject, man. That's why I think, because uh, I think that would that would trip uh, Chef out, bro. If he was to hear how um, Dana Marniche, Dana Marniche coming, because she straight up is a uh, she straight up say like the way our North Africans look today is 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 uh is of a recent amalgamation of invading uh romans and and arabs you know what i'm saying that's how she coming no so that's but, why that's why no. i think she huh but no, but something to tell us that the dna don't add up that way when we study the no. dna of the north africans right there no it don't add up that way yeah i mean again you know with ancestral dna I keep saying it. If you don't have enough samples from the period under study, ancestral DNA in terms of determining what a uh, what a group of people look like or, or or their genotype in an ancient period is is meaningless, brother. Like literally, literally meaningless. Then what happens? So what happened to the black people? Or North Africa? All right. There was already a civilization in North Africa. This is my point. All right, bear with me. There was a civilization, a language, a culture. All of these things trace back to ancient times in North Africa. Now, if these people was not black and another population came, that other population took on the culture and the language of the people that they invaded. And then what happened to the people that was originally there? If they moved, where did they go? And why didn't they take that culture that they created in North Africa to Sub-Saharan Africa where they relocated to? See, you got to be able to answer multiple things when you start saying stuff like that. Because I'm with you. You feel me? I'm with you. Like, like, the castle building, the road building, all of that is indicative of North Africa, Southern Europe. You know what I mean? It is it's damn near the same. So it's, it's like saying that either the North Africans that was black created the culture in North Africa and then went to Southern Europe and created that culture also, then came back to uh, North Africa and waited for white people to move to Southern Europe and then move to North Africa to supplant them. It's so many different variables gotta go on if you're saying that the original population that created the culture, the language and everything of North Africa didn't change. Like, what's y'all, how do y'all explain all they that? They were slaughtered, they were slaughtered. What? The five, the 10 million black people that was in North Africa. Or, or, or 20 million black people that was in North Africa. 
were killed off during wars and expansion. But we don't hear really about that. Did you say the Punic Wars? No, no, no. I'm saying they, they were slaughtered. That's the only excuse. I would not have to say that. We don't have any literature that there was a massive kill off. Killing off of North Africans. All right, so you killed off all the people and you took their language. <laughs> and well, their culture. Like, didn't say that. Yeah, Supi just said that, but he's like, being silly. Like the, the, the sensible, like the, the sensible, the sensible people, the scholars, they don't make ridiculous arguments like that. What what they'll yeah, because that's like that's Great. crazy. What they'll what they'll tell you is it's as a result of uh you know a combination of displacement, miscegenation, um and what else? So displacement, miscegenation, and the Holocaust. And yeah, you you factor that in too, because there's wars, right? So they'll say it's a it's an it's an yeah. amalgam of those things. You know that's so over what period of time? What period of time was Southern European? When was they ever that of a cohesive group of people that they would have been able to displace a whole northern north? Uh, northern population of a whole another uh, like what they did that during the uh the Punic Wars they they killed the uh no the sold, Pun no you can't do no, that for the Punic no, Wars no look the, look, the, the, look, the, look the people of Carthage was already a settled group of people like it when they had destroyed Carthage they had uh sold the rest of them into um slavery the ones. Yeah, but it wasn't just but it wasn't just Carthage. That that was one that was one um city state. There there was there there was multiple other cities that that um in North Africa that, that was comparable to Carthage at the time. Like so they the the people they just didn't go away, yo. Like is, is that what you're saying? Well, I, like, I'm just saying the, that, that's uh, the one time where I find in history where the Romans had like literally exterminated those people. That that's the only time where I, they didn't exterminate them. They to burn to burn a city. It, you you, did, you saying they exterminated the Carthaginian people, the Phoenicians? <laughs> like like they didn't get rid of those people. You sure? Because that's what the Punic, that's what the last one was. They had literally burnt it down for like 10 days straight. And then they had sold all of the, the ones who had survived into slavery. Now, there is something that I have read that kind of contradicts that a bit. Because I had read a book, it was about the life of St. Augustine, right? And when they. Mm -hmm. Another North African that was. Roman let, and... let, me, let me let me finish. So he, <laughs> he talks about during his lifetime how he was always made fun of because of his accent. And the Romans would always call him Punic. So you know, it, 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 you know. Maybe maybe he is a descendant of the, the Carthaginians. It, 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 
Right. Uh, no. And that's because Reggie's going to come up with that argument that the the the, the, the people in Egypt were displaced. Yeah, but two peas. You know what's crazy? Reggie will make the argument that that should happen in Egypt, but it ain't happen in the in the Maghreb. <laughs> right. That should. There's no confusion to me, yo. <laughs> These niggas is confusing to me because they want Egypt more than they want motherfucking. Al Algeria and Tunisia, they don't give a fuck about none of that shit. <laughs> no, no, no. That, 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 that's my thing. If, 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 all right. if, we look at if we look at the people in Morocco, the people in Algeria, the people in Libya, right? why are they going to look one way, yet see the people in Egypt is going to look another way? Exactly. Coming, <laughs> it's, it's like we're coming across the line. We're drawing a straight line across northern Africa. I will start with Algeria, Morocco, <coughs> I will stop, I will say all of those people are Mediterranean looking people, but the people in Egypt are Sudanese looking people. That's what we're saying? Yeah, yeah, they confused, bro. You know, that, but, but. Yeah, that, that's the basic point. When I seen them going on, because, all right, in the black community, right, in the conscious community, all of the elders and the teachers taught that North African civilizations was black at first. So that includes Egypt and Libya. Uh, uh, no, they never really talked about Libya. Um, well, they do because uh, I guess they say Hannibal was black, right? So if you say Hannibal was black, then you're saying that the ancient Carthaginians was black, right? Um, and then when you when you get to more recent times, the Moors. So all of these great civilizations of North Africa were black, right? When they started beefing with the Moors or the Moor Science Temple, they went against the whole thing with the black Moors shit. And they said none of that shit was true. Y'all remember that shit? Yeah, Reggie had a whole debate. Like, it was crazy. Exactly. And, and they went they went and they showed motherfucking uh, the historical, historically, they show genetically, right? Yeah, yeah. All yeah, of the yeah. shit that they throw out now when it comes to Egypt. Yeah, Reggie was talking about how... Ram. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, sorry to cut you off, Chef, but Reggie was going in. He was like, oh, yeah, the Moore's <laughs> DNA is Neanderthal and it got this percentage, that percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they crazy, bro. Yeah. But when they get to Egypt... They, they forget all of that shit, right? Yeah. Egypt is different, right? Like I say, all of the all of the scholars, right, from the 80s and 90s taught that the Moors was black. They didn't. The same way all of them taught that Egypt was black in its heyday. You feel me? And that all of North Africa was changed by invading groups, right? And the, the culture, the religion, all of that shit was changed. Same thing that was taught about Morocco, about the Moors, was taught about Egypt. You dig what I'm saying? So we know if, if we're using that logic, like, like Haskell just said, if you draw a line across North Africa, right, you would think that those people would be phenotypically pretty much the same. Like Libya, Libya is right now. Why don't we claim Libya? Why, why don't we, you know what I mean? 
what, what's the issue? Why we don't never say, yeah, Libya was the black black. We don't say that shit. <laughs> Them niggas ain't got no pyramid, chef. They ain't got shit over there. <laughs> <laughs> since, since, the, look, since the Moors went into Spain and white people recognized that Moorish invasion, now all black people, the Moors was black. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a sickness, yo. <laughs> the shit is a sickness, yo, but that's just me. You know what Sheffrey, I mean? Sheffrey, you said something a while ago that touched me. Mm. The building technologies that the, that the Mediterraneans and the Southern European use, do we find it in West Africa? No. That's my thing. So if the Moors came from so, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa or whatever, right? How would they go to North Africa create and uh, Southern Europe and create a civilization that they didn't have? You know what I mean? It's the same, it's the same argument that we use when we, when, you know, the, the brilliant argument that Uncle and them use. When they say that we know that uh, that um, Asians didn't build Egypt because you know the the the, the, the technology to build it, it, it it's not the same culture, right? Right. Like that, that they're saying that motherfucking uh, Jews and them came to Africa and created a civilization better than they had at home. So I'm totally with y'all. So we know that they wasn't Western Asian. Fine. You feel me? But the same thing goes for motherfucking the Moors. Why would these black people go to Southern Europe and North Africa and create a civilization, you know what I mean, in a language that they didn't have at home? Like, what, 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 what part am I missing? I know I'm missing something. But you know, at the same time too, Chef, like as far as like the palaces and stuff you see at Seville and Cordoba and all that, mm-hmm. you don't really see that in, in uh, North Africa either. That's the weirdest thing, you know? So I don't know if, if uh, cause I know Lane Poole, he makes the argument that, um, you know, yeah, in that- but you, No, you do see, you, 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 you see it, um, you see it in, uh, in Baghdad, right? Yeah, but I said North you, Africa though. Yeah, but no, remember- you do, the, the, you do see that in North Africa because According to Basil Davidson um, in his documentary, The Africans, uh, he talks about Cairo. He says that Cairo became the, the jewel of Islam in the seventh century. So you, you see, and it's Islamic architecture as well. It, it, it's Islamic. Yeah, too, but that's what he's saying, though, Adrian. Yeah. That's you not do. Black Africa, yo. Like, so. Yeah, we, we, we talking about, the, well, I'm talking about the Maghreb. You know, I do know, like uh, they have some 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 structures that are kind of like, you know, have certain little elements. But the stuff that they was building in like civilian shit, that shit was exquisite, bro. Exquisite, right? They, they had more money there, though, right? So, um, and, and and it was part of the 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 expansion of the Islamic Empire being ruled from Egypt and then Baghdad. So it was a lot right. of fucking money. You didn't right, know right, 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 right. Yeah, because yeah, they even had... Um... From Ghana, too. 
They even had the street lights, the lamps. You know what I'm saying? Like the streets was lit up and shit. Yeah, so, so like, that's my thing. Why didn't the black Africans come back to Africa and create that at home? Like it, it, it would have been a waste of time of them creating all that shit in Southern Europe, but don't create none of the shit at home. Like, so they wasn't talking to their people no more once they went to motherfucking Spain. They what you feel me? Like, they didn't go back home. They didn't. <laughs> he said, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Look, when, when, when the English, when the English and the Spanish set up colonies over here, right, in the New World, they were still talking to their colonial masters, right? They just didn't separate. So the same benefits that came from them moving over here, the colonial masters benefited from that shit. Right or wrong? The sugar, the cotton, all of the shit, they benefited off of it. Like, why didn't Sub-Saharan Africa benefit from the occupation of Andalusia? That's just a question. You know what I mean? I, I, don't, I don't expect that. They didn't write back home. They had, no, they had no connection with home. So when they yeah, but you got to remember, you got to remember, guys, the argument would be is that the Northern Africans were approximate to Sub-Saharans in terms of visage or phenotype, but they weren't Sub-Saharan. That would be the argument. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's a fact. Well, yeah, that's, that's a fact. That, that, that's what they gonna say, but they got they got to prove right. That. I mean, that's the only thing. That's the only plausible argument you could make. You yeah. can't say with sub-Saharans, cause like Chef said, what them niggas just bypassed the niggas that was in North Africa, and then they ain't build shit in in, in Ghana <laughs> and Nigeria that looked anything like what was in uh in Andalusia, you know. So that you can't make that argument. So the only yeah. thing would be left at that point would be to say. And again, Marnie, she does make that argument. She says the Sanhaja, she identifies particularly the, the Sanhaja and the Lamtuna. And there's a couple of other tribes, right? Because there's a ton of Berber tribes. But she, uh, she particularly identifies certain tribes as um, would be the ones that would be the most proximate in terms of looks to what we would consider to be black folk. Black. Right. I mean, the Berbers, they look all over the, I mean, they pretty much look all over the place. Like, especially like the woods that I've seen, you know, they, some of them look like the ones that they show on TV. Some of them look, you know, like something else. Some of them look like something else. So it's like, I don't, they're not necessarily it, it, it's you know, they look all over the place. Yeah, but... but yeah, it's, but, it's Africa, it rains. But certain tribes are, are blacker than others. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, the, like the Sanhaja. The Tureg. The Tureg right, the is, is a darker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So you'll see... You'll see some a, a, a good amount of Berbers that look like some uh, some Don Cheadle looking niggas. You'll see niggas that look like Chef. You'll see niggas that look like 
Brother Reggie, you'll see niggas that look like uh, Will Smith, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but so what Monique not- argues is, what she argues is, is that the the uh, that mixed look is way more recent than what the consensus holds would say she she she'd argue she's on that brother Reggie shit how he is with Egypt she's with that with the Maghreb she's saying <laughs> basically dumb niggas look like that because of the Romans and the Arabs before that dumb niggas was you know what I'm saying uh Wesley Snipes now, now we know that's you know not because you have Herodotus in them right um who wrote about North Africa, right? And and they wrote about the Libyans and everybody else. Even the Egyptians depicted the Libyans and the people uh, west yep. of them as yep. looking like they look now. So yep, that's facts. I can't, I can't, I can't even buy that shit. You feel me? And, and then when we get to Herodotus and them, Herodotus clearly made a distinction between the North Africans. Um, uh, of uh, like Libya and places like that, and the Ethiopian who he considered black. Um, it's passages where he say that the um, and this is a quote. He says that the um, the Grim, I think these people are called the Grimal, the Grim, uh, Garamantes, Garamantes, right? The Garamantes, where, uh... right? Oh, Onesimus supposed to be so Onesimus That's ain't crazy. <laughs> now, now look, the, the, the Garamantes. Now, now think about this. Herodotus said oh. the Garamantes hunt in their chariots, right? Troglodyte Ethiopians and sell them to Romans as, as slaves. The 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 quote is that. The Garamantes and their chariots hunt Traglodyte Ethiopians and sell them as slaves. Now, in their language, Ethiopian means burnt face people. So the people from the south are and a Traglodyte is a is a uh, is is a cave dweller. Traglodyte means a a, a a person that live in a cave or or a hole or something like that, right? And he says that they hunt Traglodyte. Ethiopians and sell them as slaves. So obviously, the Garamanti is not an Ethiopian. Like just from reading little excerpts of that, you feel me? And then mm-hmm. the Garamantes got a release of Garamantes, how they're pitching, right? Um, you know those mosaics that that the Romans and them used to make, like floor mosaics and wall mosaics, right? They have depictions of Garamantes, right? Light, light, uh, with, with the uh, with the light curly wavy hair. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, all this, so uh, it would be hard pressed to say that you know it was no black people in North Africa. I would never say that. But the majority of the North African was this population that we already see that that we see currently there today, or or a version of them. Right. The the, the same way that the population of Nigeria is, you know, 
but without the people being exterminated, like the uh, the American, the North American Indian, without the people being exterminated by disease and 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 everything else and moving, you you would see basically the same people. Just like the Mexican people, they wasn't exterminated, so they are the same people that they would. They just have a a, a mixture of um. Uh, what you call the uh, European the, the, Spanish, the conquistadors in them you feel me mm-hmm. but they, they are typically Native Americans like is nobody would deny that and when you see one that don't look like a Native American you know that he has a heavy admixture or is a remnant of the uh, Spanish uh, colonizers like Canelo Alvarez and them right yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why you know for me personally because most of the people who make the um the North Africa is black or Egypt is black they're not what we would call experts or they're not degreed or they're not scholars right that's why I was so intrigued to hear uh Dana Marniche and I would love to hear her because she's you know, a PhD and she's an anthropologist and she specializes in North Africa. That's her, her area of, um, of, uh, of focus. And it would have been for me personally, it would have been real intriguing to hear how she frames these arguments under scrutiny, like from right. what chef, chef and people like that will ask, cause chef go ask some questions that's really you know, to the point and gets to the heart of matters, real logical lane. Cause you know, it's crazy. The layman, a lot of times are asked something that a person who's really involved ain't even gonna think of. Just some simple logical shit. Like, yo, how mm-hmm. come they ain't got some buildings in this shit that, that, that rival what them people got over there? You know, like mm-hmm. explain that. You know what I'm saying? So I would love to hear her under that type of, uh uh interrogation for lack of a better word and i know um garfield was supposed to have her on but you know garfield he began to to uh to emotionally invested in shit and he must have done curse the lady out and shit you know cuz you know he, you know how he began with your man y'all y'all are black colleges and you know a woman, she gonna she gonna get up out of there like, oh, these niggas crazy, <laughs> you know. <what> I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, just talk to the talk to the lady, like, you know what I mean? Like, have a nice conversation, ask the questions, and because you can learn a lot, man. Even if right, because sometimes a person could be very well informed, but they have their own biases and shit that they want to be true, and that will color their scholarship, right? But that don't remove the fact that them motherfuckers is beasts. In right. they definitely a beast, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get it twisted. So you could, you could, you could, you could glean a lot from a person like from, that, man. Right. Just, just talk to him nice, bro. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the most thing that she could do, or a person like that could do, will be able to point to the black tribes that was inhabited. North Africa that probably went in with the Moors. So that would be, you know, you know, that specific study of that would be um would be better than anything that we present anyway. You feel me? Uh, it, it would be because I should be a little bit more focused. 
then I'll right. we generalize a lot. You know, and, and I know I do. You feel me? Hell yeah. I mean, we ain't we not studying this shit for 20 years and goddamn a lot. Hell yeah. I mean, we not, we not, you know what I'm saying? We ain't studying for 20 years and going to these tribes because she be going to the tribes and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like the, mm. the Tuareg, she she be vibing with them and you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, talking to them and studying them and do we like we not. She she even know um Zahi Hawass too. She real close with him. <laughs> yeah. That's that, that's the Egyptian dude, right? Yeah, she if you watch the interview, she 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 kind of uh I, I, I'm gonna let you watch it. I, I'm gonna let you watch it because it was funny. I, I caught something, but it it was funny. Hey, can you can you? Is there any way you could link that in the back chat, um, Adrian? Nope. No, you said it's a Facebook post, right? Nope. I, so where is it? Where's the video? Well, it's over our Facebook page. It is on the uh, pseudo killers thing. It's on the pseudo killers Facebook. So you should be able to link it. I don't. I don't understand. Uh, I'm not good with technology like that. Copying a lit. <laughs> look, look, I'm not. I'm not good with technology like that. So, hey, chef, go over there to the pseudo killers and copy and, and paste. I, I need it. I, I want to see that, man. All right, I'm gonna paste. Give me a second. Yeah. Let me let me get situated. I'm picking my daughter up. Hey, yo, I'm about to end the show. Uncle, I'm about to come on, yo. At eight o'clock, they're gonna do this. Um, they're gonna finally put the dag in. Um, uh, Sean and them with that. Um, Dogon man. Dogon. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, right. so we gonna end the show. Um, Haskell, I'm gonna put it in the. Uh, on the next show, I'll put it in there for you. All right, bet it up, bro. All right, All right bro. All right, All right yeah, chill.